Episode 12 of the Shark Bites Podcast, a Throwdown Thursday production. I am your host, Patsy the Angry Nerd, and once again, we are talking Star Wars. This time, we are reviewing Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, and I kind of feel that the real Rise of Skywalker were the friends that we made along the way. <laughs> and joining me are uh, several people. This time, I have four folks joining me this week. Uh, first off, uh, because of their proximity to me, I would like to introduce the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of wine, queen of the monsters, and honorary Lizzie, Steve Van Sampson. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. It's Ashes Von Nightmare. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Nice. Obi-Wan Merlobi. And uh, next, of course, because I already just said his name, it is Steve Van Sampson, horror author, podcaster. Uh, musicologist and uh, fancy, fancy man of Cornwood. Uh, I don't, I don't get the Cornwood thing, but yeah, thanks. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, Bob from the Cretans Guild and uh, Somebody's Network, and the editor extraordinaire of the recent Cretans Guild Christmas Carol read. How you doing, Patsy? Never before have the words "fuck me with a chainsaw running" been spoken so eloquently. Well, I agree. I agree. Well, maybe one time. But uh and we are also joined of of the Dark Discussions podcast. Uh we've got Michael of the Dark uh Dark Discussions podcast. That was good. Thanks, Patsy. Nice to to join you. Never uh have I entered such a hive of scum and villainy. That's probably true. That's probably true. Uh so obviously today we are going to be talking about our our thoughts on uh Rise of Skywalker, and uh, obviously oh, we've wait, 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 wait. This is this isn't the cats episode. No, that's <laughs> no, because no, Phil's I, not here. I heard they're I heard they're adding the assholes back in. Yes, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that is make it more yeah, realistic. Bring up that Rotten Tomato score. Yeah. <laughs> so now with four uh, percent more asshole, there's just going to be one. You know, it's going to be like one second. Yeah, it's gonna... how how much can they fix with like an overnight change in the CGI? Oh, it's it's ludicrous and it's a bad uh, it's a bad precedent if you ask me. But we're here to talk about Star Wars, so I don't know. Well, I mean, it's if... a track fire either way. I, I assume I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's the beta version of the film. Yeah. Well, thank thank God they don't just change Star Wars every five minutes. Oh right, right. That's true. That's true. And we got a new Sonic too, but that took them like a year and a half and bankrupted the studio. So lesson is do it right the first time. Or just bitch till they get it right. So, the first thing I want to talk about is that opening title crawl. For, Wait, were is, we supposed to have seen this? Yes. This oh, crap. Is, so, this is for, obviously, right Rise back. of Skywalker and not Lucky Sonic the Hedgehog. Ashes, you did. <laughs> I did. We, we, can, we, we, we can stall for two hours and 40 minutes. It's okay. <laughs> plus, a, plus another 20 minutes for uh, previews. So... We start off with the news that Palpatine has sent a message throughout the galaxy. So I want to ask you guys, when you know we see uh, Kylo find this Wayfinder, which I originally thought was a holocron. I don't know about you folks, yeah. but I thought Same it was here. a holocron. I was like, oh, it's a holocron. Oh, so cool. And it's like, oh, it's a Wayfinder. Ooh, ever so fancy. The God Mariosa. 
what what did you think when they <laughs> when he fought, fly through the flies through the um I personally think that JJ Abrams listened to some of my criticism because That's in, exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, oh he heard Patsy's show. Well, because he passes through time. like what looks to be a wormhole or, you know, some sort of, you know, rip in space time in order to find this planet. Because as we saw in episode eight, we see Finn telling Poe, like, oh, we're just four parsecs away. We'll be there in a little while. It's like, no, you fucking won't, because a parsec is 19.2 trillion miles, and you have to go four of them. That's 79.2 trillion miles, and even if you go in the speed of light, it's going to take you 13.58 years. So, no, you won't be there in a little while. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> Nerd! So, yeah. Said Patsy to the screen. So... <laughs> So JJ obviously listened to the podcast, and he heard me say, "Yeah, JJ Abrams was like, hey, you know what? That Patsy guy. Let that me listen angry to nerd, every Star Wars podcast to get some feedback. Now, <laughs> he's got some good points. I don't have to write the script because Colin Trevorrow already wrote the script. So I will just, I will just, uh, you know, touch this up a little bit. And let me just listen to every podcast across the country. And clearly, he did." Because he heard, and he there's something else we're going to talk about later that he he heard me on, because I've been talking about it for several weeks, and he added that in. But I, I missed the uh, Christmas Carol. <laughs> Sorry, that's a self plug. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, Steve. When you saw this huge, you know, for lack of a better word, Frankenstein's laboratory full of, like, vats of clones. What was your initial reaction to seeing, like, a bunch of Snokes kind of crammed into this tank, kind of like a uh, gefilte fish? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I actually loved that, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, uh, one, of, one of the biggest problems that I think most people had with The Force Awakens at the time, um, I do see this criticism, for sure. Uh, it's, it's my main criticism of the movie, which in general, I actually really, really like the, the Force Awakens. Um, but is that, you know, it was it was very derivative. Um, it's not 100% derivative, though. Like the first, you know, the first act is, the first two acts are great. I think it starts to sort of get repetitive at, at a point. But one of the one of the big things is, I mean, sure, Starkiller-based, but also we have this, you know, Irzat's uh, Palpatine. Just, it's just like, why does he, he's even human, you know, ish. You know, he looks uh, he looks so much like him. It's it's the same exact dynamic. We have the emperor. We have the Darth Vader. You know, it's like everybody's got an analog. Um, so to learn that Snoke was, you know, because in Last Jedi, he was thrown away so quickly and so so easily. Well, I mean, I don't know about easily, but, uh, um, you know, nobody was expecting it, obviously, uh, you know. And we're like, oh, but he's so important. It's like, no, no, he was a puppet, a literal puppet. He was like a, a sack of meat. And he was being controlled by the emperor the whole time. And uh, he was just one of a bunch of clones. And and Palpatine's such a vain bastard that, you know, he basically made a guy that didn't look that dissimilar from himself. And uh, I think I think it's awesome. But I still ugly Palpatine. enough to be like, oh, he's the ugly one. <laughs> Put it back yeah, in the oven. It's not done. <laughs> because if, if Snoke was like a Rees or something, you know, it wouldn't have made any sense. If he was like a, you know, a Ithorian or something like it, it. No, Palpatine wouldn't have done that. He would have made a guy that looked like him because that's who he is. He's a he's an overconfident, vain bastard. You know, he's. I always wanted to join the NBA, which is why Snoke will be 11 feet tall. 
Yeah, right. He is, he is larger. That maybe he was compensating for some. Emmett Dermot, Dermot's like five six, I think. So, so like, yeah, maybe he's also skinnier. Yes. Look that at means that you can ass. Out and and also sort of makes sense, like why Snoke looked the way he did. Like you assume that he was damaged. He was. These are wounds we're seeing. You know, his face is is all burned up, like from acid or something. And his he's got this cleft skull. And we assume like, oh, he's been through shit. And and I think what we've learned is that he hasn't been through anything. He he just sort of formed that way, you know, and that's probably as good as as they could get at that point. I mean, the ones that were in the tank looked a little bit better, but maybe the clones like run out. It begs the question, are there many Snokes like the singular Snoke that Kylo Ren knew could have been many Snokes, right? Maybe these clones run out. They're just like, uh, you know, they're they're disposable. They they last for six months and then they start to deteriorate and, you know. They're like light bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, it, yeah. or it could uh, be. A lot like light bulbs, yeah. The, uh, I, 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 do like like sing, I do like singular Snokes for a band name. That is hmm. a good, yeah. I, I, would, I would say it's uh, maybe the damage because they had like multiple in a single vat. You know, it's, it's kind like of like a vending in, machine. Yeah, it's kind of like in, in Futurama when, you know, Farnsworth makes his clone, but his nose gets all smushed up against the glass. Maybe that's what happened. Like, there wasn't enough room, and, like, someone's hand got stuck in the head. So, sure. uh, Bob, how about you? What was your what are your thoughts on that scene? I wasn't too crazy about it. I mean, when we first when – Palp- when we heard Palpatine laughing in the trailer, like, whenever that first came out, I was thinking, okay, this what is this a flashback scene? They're not really going to do this like what they did in the legendary, uh, legendary series of books where they brought them back through cloning, which that's another issue I have um, because I don't think Palpatine's very good at cloning. If if Snoke looked like that, and if Palpatine was a clone, he looked like the way he did. It's like uh, hire some better engineers there, buddy. Well, I don't think Palpatine was a clone, not in the movie. That is what. I'm trying to figure out. I mean, I don't know if we want to save this discussion for later, but it's either he survived the fall in the Death Star or he's a clone and a very bad one. And I have questions regarding both. I, I think it's pretty clear that he, sur- he survived in some way, but his body was so wrecked he had to be, you know, essentially on life support, which is what that all the uh, apparatus coming out of his back was. Right. I mean, we, don't, we don't know how he did it. And I have read various, uh, you know, people's theories of, of whatever. Uh, some of them are ridiculously complicated. And I honestly feel like if he has uh, hundreds of millions of uh, wh- however many Sith acolytes that we saw there, I think that's your uh, that's your deep state right there. That's like the uh, the stuff that nobody knew about but him. So if he had these guys just around and nobody, not even Vader, knew about them, is it possible that they were working very closely in secret to him and picked up his body and then hooked it up to this machine. I say, sure. Why not? I don't think it needs to be more complicated than that really. But I mean, there's a lot of stuff I was reading about like, Oh, well, you know, he has a, you know, the, the, the dark side users can't enter the, the force ghost world. So like they're, they're, they're cut off so they can't really die or, you know, I don't know. It was all, it was, to me, it feels like a stretch, all of it, but, you know, it's fun to think about because they, they didn't really say, so. Well, in my my uh, prediction show last week, my interpretation of it was very similar to how we see Darth Sion in Knights of the Old Republic 2, 
basically he's been killed multiple times, but his hatred and his anger keep his body together through his mastery of the force. Oh, oh, all right. The zombie guy. I loved that. Yeah. So, yep. and I got very much shades of zombies from, uh, from Palpatine. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, uh, it was star Wars doing horror, like, yeah, uh, like full blown. Uh, did you guys, have you guys seen the, um, the 1981 Ralph McQuarrie, um, concept art that they use for the throne room? Yeah. Yes. Which looks pretty cool. Yeah. Very similar. Very cool. So, Mike, how about how about you? What's what are your thoughts on this? On the on the Snoke tank? Yeah, all the uh, the tanks um, and the cloning and everything. Well, I kind of liked it because um, I thought, well, that one of my first thoughts is, well, that'll shut some people up. Um, because one of the complaints about Last Jedi was, oh, now we're never going to know about Snoke. It's like, well, there is another movie to come. Right, and that one shot pretty much told you everything you needed to know in one shot, without saying um, without saying a word. And uh, to quote the great philosopher uh, Bill Murray uh, from Meatballs, uh, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, the the backstory is the backstory. You know, and um, I think uh, I was just saying to my wife that there's some uh, Abrams had some enormous brass balls to uh, just drop the Emperor back and go he's back, deal with it and they executed it well, it mm-hmm. could have been really really badly handled and Ian McDamara just continues to chew scenery in a way that puts William Shatner to shame um, and he just and they sell it and they enjoy it and, that's, and I think that's the, that's the thing, you just get, at least got me to buy into it Mm-hmm. Even though I was very skeptical of that as a plot point in the first place. Oh, did we lose Mike? Yeah, you're cutting out. We lost you. Um, there you go. Another thing is like I laugh. You know, this sort of inconsistent Revenge of the Sith. People are like Mace Windu couldn't die from just being thrown out of a really tall building, and and then it's the Emperor can't come back. He was just thrown off a really high ledge. Mm-hmm. Well. You know, it's no, if one can survive, the other can survive. And yes, there's a lot of grains of salt that have to be swallowed, but this is Star Wars, and there's definitely a high sodium diet if you're a Star Wars fan. Um, and they do have that conversation in Revenge of the Sith in the Opera House, where they talk about Darth Plagueis, who you assume is Sidious's, um, his mentor, uh, telling him, you know, that he's mastered life and death. So they do have that door open, and that door has been open now for, you know, the last 15 years or so to sort of bring him back. And it was neat that they they didn't overtly say it. I don't know if, if Abrams was even aware of that, but oh, you can, if you want to justify it, you can go back and make that connection. Actually, Mike, they, uh, yeah, that's a really good point. They did overtly say it. He does actually repeat the line from that opera scene. He says... Uh, the dark, the dark side is a is a gateway to uh, many many sport. abilities. Some would consider unnatural, and that was literally a callback to that line. He, he from the opera was, scene, yeah, from that opera scene. So you're right. I mean, he he definitely was referencing that. So I and, think and I, does... Windu is definitely not a Palpatine either, as great as Windu was, right? Especially after um, we learn in this in Rise of Skywalker. My God. 
Yeah. And it does make me wonder, though, what was he doing with, like, six extra Snopes? Well, you know, he probably he had a baker's dozen. You know, you got to have a couple extra just in case. Well, like yeah. I said, maybe the Snopes didn't last. Or maybe he just put some in different places to make it seem like yeah. he was omnipresent. Right. Or maybe Please tell me that Snoke had, like, a little red light inside his palms. Like, oh, my time's up. Like a Logan's yeah. run. About. Like, a, like that movie that movie Moon with Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Spoiler warning. Uh, Ashes, what about you? What did you think of the, the cloning thing? Like, what was your take on that? So I'm going to preface what I'm saying by letting people know that I didn't love Last Jedi. So going into this, I thought to myself, oh, God, like what is J.J. Abrams going to do? Because there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. There was a lot of stuff that was brought up in The Last Jedi that was just... There was a lot of stuff that was done that was just kind of like... Uh, you know, and, and the whole Snoke situation was one of those things. You know, in the first film, The Last Jedi, you know, making him out to be this crazy, awesome villain that's going to carry through these, you know, next three films. And then for Ryan Johnson to kill him off in the second film, uh, you know, which just kind of left a lot of people, myself included, wondering what was next. Where is this the at the end of this trilogy going to go uh so jj abrams did a beautiful job in retconning some of the stuff that the last jedi did uh just by setting up certain scenes just by doing you know and and the snoke tank is one of those things that was just one of those beautifully set up things that answered so many questions without actually having to have all of this exposition laid out and allowed us to focus more on the story at hand. And I thought that bringing back Palpatine was brilliant. And Patsy, you mentioned this. First of all, he looked like something out of the second Hellraiser film. Yeah, Dr. Shenard. was just brilliant being kept alive like that. I, I thought it was just crazy great and if you think about it Palpatine is one of the greatest villains of Star Wars hands down period so bringing him back and having him be the ultimate villain to close out the this trilogy this whole nine film series of films like I just thought was brilliant good on you J.J. Abrams yeah he was better than the lost finale yeah he was there at the beginning and he was there at the end and he was pulling the strings like throughout the entire trilogy uh Trilogy of trilogies. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Emperor is so so iconic from the original trilogy, and he's so scary and all this stuff, and, and they used him so sparingly. And I think that that is, you know, probably why he's so effective. But, like, you know, I think that the damage, and this is just my opinion, I think the damage that needed to be undone was not necessarily anything from Last Jedi. I think it was prequel collateral. Uh, my God, the, the character of Palpatine lost all of his balls lost all of his coolness like he just was turned into this first he's just he's just this goofy dude he's just a dude he was a politician yeah and then and then you know when we see him in full emperor garb in in revenge of the sith he's so over the top cartoony stupid that like every bit of awesomeness he ever had is like obliterated so like i don't know to me to me they really needed to fix that they needed to fix revenge of the sith um, with his, like, you know, his goofy, like, no, 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 you will die. Like, oh, my. Yeah, that was a little <laughs> dumb, but as far as as far as that character went, like, oh 
God. The fact that he was able to manipulate everything that was going on behind the scenes and go from like some nobody into like the supreme emperor and king of the universe. But it was crazy to see how powerful, like, you know, this film made him look powerful. Like, just, just. This one, yeah. It's like he looked, he was scary. He was terrifying, and I loved it. It was exactly what I wanted my Star Wars villain to be. Yeah. And it's one thing to point out is we forget he was only really in the the third film in the original trilogy. Right. Right. And he's, and he still looms so large in our memories, even though, you know, you have the, the character, but it wasn't the actor at the time in Empire in a very brief message. But, um, and then you don't right and then you don't see him in in uh new hope in the robes and the look until the third film in the prequel trilogy so it kind of makes sense to bring it back in the third film here i do like in the opening crawl they use the phrase uh they call them the phantom emperor and part of me wishes they had used that as the title of the film which because i think that would have been a nice bookend for the ninth episode coming you know starting with the phantom menace and ending with the phantom emperor I think they had to stick with ours, you know, re- revenge, return, and rise. So yeah, I, I get that. Um, it's not really a hopeful title. It's not my favorite title. I'm uh, like no book or no movie could be named Rise of Blah, and I would be happy from now till the end of time. But uh, it's 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 an okay title. It, it's it definitely sticks it with the R theme for sure, and it's hopeful. And you know, obviously, the last moment of the film makes it all work, and that's wonderful. So so you know. When I saw the, this clone thing, I was like, all right, you know, that's fine. Because this, to me, even watching the trailers, uh, this, to me, had a lot of shades of the Thrawn trilogy, which is probably my favorite uh, Star Wars storyline that exists. Oh, my God. You have such a hard-on for the Thrawn trilogy. I do. You just love Timothy Zahn. Oh, my God. This was really <laughs> well done. We And we see a lot of cloning. We see a lot of, you know, there's a clone of Luke. There's... You know, the disembodied voice of the Emperor controlling a Force-sensitive person who's trying to kill the main hero. So, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of that going on. Um, one of the things I, you know, when we find out, you know, obviously one of the, the big reveals is the fact that Ray is a Palpatine. Now, I had thought, I said in, in my last episode, I said she's either a Palpatine or a Kenobi, because who else in the entire Star Wars universe has a British accent? So it's either it's either a, a Palpatine or a Kenobi. But really, reason, that's what you were basing it off of. Well, uh, the reason I thought a, could be a, could be a Jin. She, she could be a Moth. Yeah. I mean, the Moth all had British accents. I was not. I was not Tarkin? considering the uh, one of the Tarkins. Um, I just thought she was an eloquent Ewok. So <laughs> the reason I thought of this is because. In the uh, in the episode eight, when she's in the cave doing her uh, cave time, and she asks about her parents, and she says, "You know, show me my parents," and she just sees a long line of herself, and she snaps her fingers or she waves or whatever she does. It's not an instant thing, like if you're standing in front of a mirror where your reflection does it at the same time as you. It was almost like a domino effect, where one would do it, and the next would do it, and the next would do it, and the next would do it, almost like an echo. So that t- that led me to believe that she was just one in a long line of the exact same thing. So I did not think that she would be a uh, uh, a direct descendant because 
one of the first things I asked Ash is when we left the theater, I was like, all right, who fucked Palpatine looking like that? Because I, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe. Well, I, I don't think there was consummation. I think he, I think the sun thing was, like, metaphorical. He he can create life the way he did with Anakin. I, I he think didn't in, do it. Plagueis did. Anakin was his son as well. Yeah. I mean. They show in the comics that it was Plagueis that created. An- I mean, yeah. we're getting off topic here. Plagueis created was- Anakin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I, maybe this is this is him doing that same thing because it does go back to that opera scene. Well, but why I'm wouldn't thinking- his son have any force powers? I mean, maybe he did. We didn't see that. He got taken out by a chump. That chump, that assassin. Can I just say, was the scariest looking alien in all of Star. He Wars. looked like Zombie Lobot. Oh my god, <laughs> freaky as hell. He I got taken that. out by a goddamn snake. Alright, let, let's That goddamn here. snake was like 40 feet long. <laughs> I'd like to see how you fare against a 40 foot long alien snake. Uh, I'd be pissing myself. I would, uh, Sir? first of all, I wouldn't have fallen into that trap. But that's, this brings up one of my nitpicks of the I've movie. I've done well with Quicksand. This brings up one of my nitpicks. So, how does the sand stuff not fall into the hole? Like, how does it kind of stay there? If it's all loose, it's all moving. How does that not fall through the hole? But you can fall through the hole. Yeah, who cares? Uh, I think the, <laughs> the, the biggest, silliest thing, though, if you really want to nitpick, I, for me, was the uh, why would anybody write down the location of anything on their knife? Because it's... Uh, I, mean, I mean, like, like okay, at the end of the movie, since we're talking spoilers, Ray takes the lightsabers and she does she puts them somewhere mm-hmm. now is she then going to leave a record of what she did or is she was that just a symbolic thing that she just that was a symbolic did? thing setting up like future right. movies i right, know shit so it's like well no no she well well ray she she did this thing and then she she wrote down on this uh on a death napkin a sith death napkin. why would she do it it and, doesn't uh, for her it doesn't matter that it was written on there because Ray has the power, and I said this before, uh, I said this a long time ago, Ray has the power of psychometry, which means if she, she can see the history of an object simply by touching it. Uh, it's incredibly rare even in the Star Wars universe. But Where are you getting this from? Just watch any of the stuff that she does. When she picks up the, the lightsaber in Force Awakens, she sees all the history that, of it. That does check. That in that case, that is true. And That's she like did that movie. repeatedly. <clears throat> in but does, does does seeing the history tell you the the geography? If you have to put clues together, all you can see is the history of what happened, of like you know what this object did. So she's like, "This is the dagger that killed my parents." She knew that because after touching it, she was able to you know see all these different things. I think that that's a really interesting interpretation, Patsy. I don't. I don't think that I agree. Only because it's it's probably just the answer, the same answer that everything else is, which is it, it's the force and and whatever. But that is that does actually make a lot of sense. Well, I want to, that, but I, that's that's a cool theory. I like want to throw something out there. So we were talking a little bit off air, and Ashes, you and I had a, a similar conversation. So. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking, uh, actually, the last couple of weeks on this very show, we were asking, hey, the Mandalorian episode comes out on Wednesday before Rise of Skywalker. So my theory was there were two reasons for this. It was either going to be, A, something in the in that episode would tie into this film, or B, 
they just didn't want it competing. They wanted people to be able to watch both. Now, it was we, both. We, it was both because we saw force healing. Now, to go back to what I was saying about psychometry, playing Jedi Fallen Order today, the character that you play as has that exact power. And mm. they had said that this is a canonical game, which is why, you know, he is the character you play as is a light side user. So you can't even get a red lightsaber crystal in the game to use in your lightsaber because they wanted it to be canonical. What happens in this game is what happens in uh, in the whole. See, I was just about to ask you that if um, if the ability to heal by force use, if that is abilities that only light side can use. Because if that's the case, and also with the lightning uh, out of your fingertips, that's off. That's blatantly uh, dark side. There no are light side use of that, there are right? users. There are uh, there are force users who can tap into the dark side of the force and use uh, dark side energy to power their abilities. Which okay, is so why there's, there's precedent then. Which is why Mace Windu had a purple lightsaber because part of his. Uh, force abilities, his uh, fighting style that he created was, uh, it draws on dark side energy. So it's, yeah, so you have the blue and the the red combining to make purple. And we saw the opposite of that, for, of the force heal. Wait, 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 wait. So, so, so even, even in Star Wars, we're dealing with the, the stereotype of the angry black guy? <laughs> well, I mean, it's Sam L, it's Sam L. J. I mean. Yeah, that's and we did see the, op- like I was saying, I mean, we just... saw the opposite of the Force heal with the Force life drain at the end of the film when right. there's that final confrontation. Right. Right. So lightning, you can use, if you are a dark side user, you can use... That's uh, not exclusive. Right. It, there are very few, ex- like Yoda knew how to do this shit, but he doesn't do it. You know, like he could use the Force, like we see in episode two where he absorbs the lightning into himself without sustaining any damage. Now, there's been uh, a talking point going around, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. And, Ashes, I'm going to start with you first. People are saying that the use of Force Heal sets up a major plot hole for all of the previous movies. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. Ashes, I want to start with you, because people are pointing directly to Padme dying. They're pointing to Vader dying. And if this was a power that's so rampant through the Jedi, why wasn't, why wasn't it used? How is this not... How is this not something that we've ever seen before? So, Ashes, I'm going to start with you. Okay, yes, I have an opinion about that. But first of all, I just, I just got to throw it out there. Are we going to talk about Babu Frick? We is that get, in your notes? We will get to Babu Okay, I just, I just... I have feelings about babu frick and they're they're very close to my feelings about baby yoda the little green baby babushka so i just i just i just need to talk about that but anyways i think the fact that she's a palpatine and i think the fact that she i mean because she just she has the force it flows within her it flows through her you know and and she was very powerful with the force to begin with without receiving proper training most of these people, most of these Jedi have had to go through proper training in order to become powerful Jedi. She was powerful right off the bat. And I think it's because of her bloodline. 
So, you know, and, and I guess, yeah, because, you know, Luke and Leia, descendants of Darth Vader, he was powerful too, but, you know, Darth Vader was also created, but I think her being a direct descendant of, of Palpatine definitely plays into that. So I think that only the elite Jedi, only the super powerful Jedi have this ability to, to force heal, you know, because in the Mandalorian, we have no clue who the little baby babushka is right now and, and what his backstory is and what's going on. All we know is that he's fucking cute, guys. Oh, my God. I can't get enough and of him. If you're my powerful, friend on social media, you know I'm I am so obsessed with him. And he's unbelievably powerful with the Force. You know, we know he's 50 years old, but he's, as far as, as the Yoda species go, he's like two or three. You know, he's, so he's a tub. so he doesn't really have any proper training in using the force. He just knows that yeah. he has it and he knows how to use it, which is yeah. why it exhausts him. Right, it same, makes him so sleepy. Same as with when you see, you know, when you see Ray use it, it takes to, a lot out of her. Well, no, I was going to say where she doesn't have control of it yet. And like that's when she shot the lightning out and it exploded because she was. But I all think these you know, and that that ties in with the fact that Leia was so eager to train her. Leia was so eager to take her, you know, in her arms and take her on board, you know, to this this the Rebel <laughs> Alliance and have her be on their side because she knew who Rey was and she knew how powerful Rey was already, you know, because obviously Leia is force sensitive. Um, but and had some she, training, which we got to see, right? You know, but I'm, I'm but I'm not touching. Falls out awesome. Yeah, so yeah, good. Yes, so yes. Good. That that whole scene was just incredible. More, more shades of uh, of Thrawn there, right? Tiffany's yep. on. Yep. But anyways, that's that's my opinion on it. It's because she's a direct descendant of Palpatine. She is just a super powerful potential. Because she's not even a Jedi. She just has the force. That wasn't the question, though. I think well that's this was she's not a Jedi yet. No, the question was did the fact that someone used force heal create plot holes in the prior movies? Well, that's what I say no. No it didn't okay, because the, the because the other Jedi aren't as powerful as she is naturally. Right. Long story short, there we go. Mic drop. Um, Although I'm not going to drop the mic cuz it's expensive. But I I mean I uh, that's an interesting thought. Uh Mike, what about you on this one? We lose Mike. No, I think Mike's there. You're on mute still, Mike. All right, we'll uh, we'll wait. We'll get back to Mike. We'll we'll go to Bob. All right, what reference in, exactly are we talking about? So they're saying that um, had Force Heal been around uh, during the prequels and during the original saga. And I'll, I'll give you my opinion first. Just right. I'm thinking of like what exact situation is is that really people are having a problem with plot hole wise. All right. I'll, 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 I'll explain it. So people are saying that, well, if force heal was a thing, why didn't Anakin use force heal to, uh, to heal Padme? So she didn't die of a broken heart. And my counterpoint to that is, uh, dark side users don't use force heal. And had he not turned to the dark side, she wouldn't have had a reason to be upset she wouldn't have gotten sad. He wouldn't have choked her and, and you know, rendered her unconscious, therefore needing point, saving. too far gone. And the other thing is, every time we've seen Force Heal, it's been with physical contact, and she was already off on the ship, gone, fl- fucked off. 
Well, the other the other thing that they were asking is, well, what about why didn't Luke heal Vader? And my response to that is, uh, he had had too much of his organic material replaced with machine. So once those machines went through the electricity, uh, the machines yeah, you can need bring to him be back, fixed. and the machines are still going to fail, and he'll just die right again. Right. So without you would have to like use but all the, of your energy to keep Luke wasn't a strong enough Jedi at the Luke time. Was. Uh, stronger than Vader at that point. Because right, but Luke, I don't think he was strong enough to use Force Heal at that yes, point. Yes, that's you don't have to be super strong in the Force to use Force Heal. So it's not I a super strong that? ability. It's just it's not an ability that we've seen very often. I probably didn't think of it. Yeah, well, actually, can I just interject, please? I think for, I think the one thing that everybody is uh, is missing because I agree with everything everybody's saying, but with one caveat. Uh, there is absolutely no reason in the world to think that any of those characters knew how to do it. And to say that it's rampant is just false. Uh, we've seen it twice, and that includes the Mandalorian. Uh, there are different force powers. Not everybody can do the same things. Uh, just because Luke was a powerful Jedi or, you know, the heir to uh, the heir apparent to Vader, whatever, doesn't mean he knew how to do this thing. It's like, you know, you know, it, my dad's a carpenter, but he never showed me how to build cabinets. Like, I'm not going to just know how to do it. Maybe I'll, if, you know, I had the proper training, I could learn how to do cabinets. Here's a really good example. Uh, you guys obviously remember KOTOR, right? Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. Pretty, po- pretty popular video game from back in the day. Uh, you mentioned the second one, Patsy. So in KOTOR, uh, there's this character, and she's pretty central to the plot. And her, she had a very special uh, force power that nobody else could do. It was introduced, I think, for the game, unless it was in some EU novel or whatever, called Battle Meditation. And KOTOR 1 was in that. Is she would go and she would go in a room and um, just kind of concentrate. And she was linking herself and linking the army and sort of enhancing the, uh, the army's abilities and, you know, their fortunes and whatever. So if you had a Battle Meditator who could actually do that, you know, you you're you're in good shape, and the whole pl- plot of the game was that the Sith were trying to turn her so that she would be on their side because she was that important. I would I would say force healing is a very rare thing. We've only seen it a few times, so there's no reason that Luke or Anakin would even know how to do it. We didn't see them learn that. I, I don't think just because you become powerful, just because you have some experiences, means you unlock all. All, all Jedi no, I, powers. I agree. Like, Bob, you, you have no, something... Their skills. Their skills, and I think certain people can't even learn certain things, and that, for sure, checks with the battle meditation. Bob, you that wanted to like interject. Random, like, you know, one in a million thing, people could do this, and I think with something like creating life, like in the, the opera scene that Mike mentioned, uh, that was clearly a rare thing that the Sith could do. I think, obviously, uh, you know, bringing Palpatine back again, it's possible, super rare. Well, I, but, I have a counterpoint uh, to you, but I know Bob's dying to say Go something. Go ahead. I do remember in the comics, maybe a year or two after Vader was first put into his suit, in his spare time, whenever he wasn't in a Baffa tank, he would meditate in his chamber and try to force heal himself, but he was never able to accomplish it. He never He kept trying over and over again, but couldn't do it. And that was actually, I think it was a thing in the Zahn novels. Yes. Right? Or was it, uh, or no, maybe it was Shadows of the Empire. It was the new, the new the Jedi Empire. trilogy, yeah. 
where he's trying to meditate, but his power is coming from the dark side, so he's, he's meditating to try to heal. He's bringing peace to himself, but by bringing peace to himself, he cuts himself off to the dark side, and therefore is not able to heal. And so it becomes like a self-perpetuating cycle. But I think the thing is that you have to remember the Force, the, the, the most important power the Force has is to be whatever it is the story requires at that particular moment in time. <laughs> right. Very true. Um, we... Luke Skywalker had about a week and a half of training with Yoda on Dagobah. He leaves right. and he comes back. It's like, I need to finish my training. And Yoda's like, ah, f yeah, fuck it. You're a Jedi. Um, you know, so the fact that um, they, they definitely make it. And I thought it was alluded to in force awakens that Ray is exceptional. Um, if that... we haven't figured that out by now. Right. Well, because they point out how powerful um, Kylo is and where there's there has to be a counterpoint to it. A balance, and they make yeah. the point that she's the counterpoint. And therefore, if he's extra powerful, his counterpoint has to be extra powerful. Um, obviously, whatever species of Mogwai Yoda is um, <laughs> are also breed. Yeah, are. <laughs> Hairless, yeah, yeah. Can we Hairless say Egyptian Agwai. cats? Can we yeah. say frog? Why? Frog? Why? Yes, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, are also very, very powerful. And again, like I said, not necessarily everyone is is um, I is going to have all abilities, and it depends on what their I would think their um, their talents are, what skill tree they choose. You right. Know, right. Um, I I thought I I have not played Knights of the Old Republic since it first came out. I thought there was force heal in that. Um, yeah, that I, was I that yeah, was going to be switch. what I was my counterpoint to Steve. Well, in Knights of the Old Republic, there's really one character that can do battle meditation. In Knights of the Old Republic 2, every character that you make into a Jedi is able to do force heal. Every single one of them. Like, it's right. not... And every single one of them can do force lightning. And every single one of them but can do force game. drain. Game, yeah, I, I know, but if game. you're going to bring up... A, from one, you have to bring up both, and in the novels, I can I can only recall one character who was able to use Force Heal, and it was when Luke started training the new Jedi. Um, it might have been that same uh, that same series of stories that you were talking about, Mike. But there was a um, I think she was a Mon Calamari, and she was able to heal like uh, Mon Mothma, who had like this weird. Uh, like somebody threw a drink in her face at the beginning of it the was, trilogy. It was a Mon Mon thing. Yeah, it was a Mon Mon thing. <laughs> so he threw it. Uh, is, yeah, bitch. He threw a yeah. he, uh, guy throws a drink in her face, but it had like this like nanite virus in it that was like slowly eating her away from the inside. And, you know, at the end, she's like, oh, I'm a healer. Like there were specific um, specific people that like, OK, you're a healer. Like you're a uh, you know you're a Jedi consular like you're a swordsman you're a that like they had their different casts but in you're this a case maker. yes 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 <laughs> what do you want from me I'm a baker now but yeah, I I want I want to move on because we've spent a lot of time right, just yeah, talking I, about I, I think this is where and look I'm I consider myself a multifaceted nerd um, I like nerdy conversations. But the idea that uh, people have that this shit is real <laughs> and, that, and that they're not making it all up as they go along. It's still real to me. 
And even when they mention canon, if they don't think that by the time comes along for the next $250 million Star Wars movie, if they have a great idea for a movie, but it violates something that was in a novel that was in, you know, the that was released in between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, if they think they're not going to just flush that novel down the toilet, they're insane. Oh, for their billion they have, dollars. They have Absolutely. no understanding how this works. And if they think anybody's going to care, except for about a half a dozen people on the internet, right. they're well also said. insane. Well said, Mike. All right, yes. so I want to I wanna, uh, touch on something, and I want you know everybody's thoughts on this as well, because in The Force Awakens, when we first see... Snoke talking to Kylo Ren saying there's been an awakening have you felt it that's before Rey does anything so I've always been of the opinion that it was some sort of awakening because this it happens shortly after the scene with Finn in the village when he refuses to shoot anybody and then we see him talking to uh, Janna in this movie about how this whole group of stormtroopers at the same time decided, no, we're not going to do this. So I've been of the opinion that Finn has some sort of force affinity, if not, a, you know, he's not a Jedi, but something akin to uh, Chirrut Imwe or, you know, Maz, Maz Kanata. Kanata. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a force sensitive for sure. Because we saw this a lot with him sensing Ray and like stuff that was going on with oh, Ray yeah. and Leia. And pretty blatant. I mean, there's even a there's even a pretty, pretty good theory. I think that the uh, thing he never got to tell Ray was not that he loved her, uh, but that he was force sensitive and he, he was feeling some of the same stuff because he didn't tell that to anybody. All, yeah, no. I'm so glad they wrapped that plot point up before the end of the movie. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. My my opinion is that they're that because they will be announcing reportedly in January the next Star Wars film. Uh, just as long as they make sure everybody has gone to see it who has actually been duped into believing this is the last one. Um, that which is going to be released in 2022. I suspect. And they've got the next three lined up with two years in between. Yep. That one of them will be a Finn film. Really? That'd be a smart uh, idea. I would I love that. that. I I guess I've been duped. I I don't think that Star Wars is going to end, but honestly, I would be surprised if if we saw more of these same characters. To me, they have said part... that they they have said that just because this is ending doesn't mean we've seen the last of these characters. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I, see, I really wish they would just sort of leave it and go like far, far away, the distant past or distant future. Just if we're not encumbered, but hey, if, if I had my druthers, I would do like a Knights of the Old Republic film, yeah. maybe first. Yes, Darth and, Revan, and then yeah, do like for the and then maybe do a Finn story, the next one or something. But I they then they have the next three at least. They're planted in the next decade already. I'm sure there's a Finn story somewhere in the next group, whatever they're going right to be. Now, I would, I would much rather have them do a Finn TV show than a Cassian TV show from Rogue One. And that would be fine, too. Yeah. I couldn't care less about that dude, but, man, I, I like Finn. Finn's a cool dude. I'd like to see the continuing adventures of him and, you know, and make it yeah, a whatever that other lady's name is and their, their warthog horses. Jana, Jana. 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 Jenny, go Jenny. So, um, speaking yeah, of... I, I, yeah, by the way, and I remember when Force Awakens came out, I said, because a lot of people were very upset 
that they thought they were going to get a Jedi of color as a lead, and they didn't. And you know, just as just as just as a lot of girls were happy that you got a girl Jedi, there are a lot of black dudes. I guess are unhappy they didn't get their black dude Jedi. Um, and they felt they had the rug pulled out from under him. And I remember saying, don't be too sure, because there were things in that film that made me think that Finn was Force-sensitive. Yep. Yeah, um, for sure. And so I don't think <clears throat> a lot of people said that they got rid of the the democratization of the Force. The lineage thing has only really ever been in the Skywalker family, right? There were a oh. whole lot of Jedi that right. were not Skywalkers. Exactly. So the idea of the little kid with the broom didn't mean that yep. everybody in the universe had sky had force yep. powers. I love, it was I just love a this. reminder that there are people out there other than this family. Right. right. I think and this was, was the end of that bloodline, and that's all this is the end of. So yeah. I want I want to get into some of the stuff we didn't like. So, Michael, you seem to have uh, some strong opinions when we were like kind of chatting off air a little bit. So I want to get into a couple of the things that you didn't like, like maybe your top three things that really bothered you about this film. The hard thing for me is Star Wars is so in my head. You know, the first film came out when I was six, and I still call it Star Wars. I don't call it A New Hope because it was Star Wars. All right. Um, It's so in my head, and I've lived with it so long. It's hard for me on a first viewing to just take the film for what it is right i have all sorts of thoughts my expectations by trying to put my expectations off what other people have said what rumors have been and then of course you've had the acrimony of the last two years ever since the last jedi came out um and all that idiocy that went on online and the feuding back and forth and some of it was really really nasty some very legitimate complaints but some of it was just ugly um so it's hard for me to i really didn't appreciate force awakens and last jedi until the second viewing i would say part of it is i didn't like how they kind of sidelined rose in this film it makes sense uh you know you had these misogynists kind of going after her chasing the actress off of, of uh, social media and so it's like rose come on this adventure Nah, i'm just gonna stay at home maybe bake some cakes <laughs> yeah have some babies I was like, really? Um, now she does come up at the end, and she's you get a few shots of her firing a blaster or at least carrying one. So they don't like completely do a Jar Jar to her, right? Where Jar Jar got like one line and attacked mm-hmm. the clones, but it still was kind of you know kind of there. Um, I thought the thing with Luke saying that's no way to treat a Jedi's weapon was a little bit too much of a tweak After to the critics. After it's right now, but to me, that's that is about Luke, right? That's about how his character has changed. Yeah, and he and and so I don't really have a problem with that. It was the line that kind of felt like let me like that. Um, and, and I think the film, if I just have one, it's a very generic criticism. Is that I never got a moment that really thrilled me the way I usually would get in a Star Wars film like um, uh, even just like Luke in Force Awakens brushing off that the was pretty awesome um, or the, the the flip off the sail barge and grabbing the lightsaber in Jedi mm-hmm. um, I thought this is a competently made film I enjoyed it but if like does it 
did I think it's as good as it really could have been? Eh, did I, I, no, I think it could, probably could have used another year before they started filming to work it out. But that, that's, that's, that's a very generic thing. It's like, I didn't think there was anything, there was nothing as terrible as the Canto Bite sequence or the thing with the tentacle monsters in Force Awakens or how Han Solo got his name in Solo. Oh, God, fuck that. Um, so I didn't find anything that was that bad in this film. Uh, but so I, I, it had the, the the highest lows and the lowest highs, I think, out of these three from three movies. OK, that's right? fair. So, so I, I, if you want to call that a criticism. It ashes, I know. Competently made. I will we'll get into stuff that you did like as well. But uh, ashes, I know you have a specific thing that really bugged you and it kind of bugged me too but so we'll go we'll go to you next so there was one thing in particular that just really got to me and you know there were some minor things that i could overlook because there's so much good in this film you know that that i i couldn't dwell on the oh they did that so that's a thing that happened um, that kiss between Ray and Ben Solo, I could have fucking done without that. I don't need a love story. I don't. I, I, I don't get it. I don't know why it was there. I thought the connection that they had was not a romantic connection at all through these films. I thought that it was more of like a, um... Honestly, at one point, I thought it was more like a sibling connection, to be honest with you. Yeah, when yeah, we, when we thought like that, siblings. you know, maybe they're both Skywalker lineage. Um, I didn't well, need... Star Wars, it could be a sibling thing. Right, yes. You are 100% exactly correct. I'm from Alderaan. It's like the Mississippi <laughs> of the galaxy. But I just, I just didn't need that. And it felt out of place, and it felt forced, and it was just awkward. Like, if he had hugged her... Like, hugged her as, like, a thank you. Thank you for getting me. Thank you for letting me see who I truly am. You know, I mean, obviously, there was a lot that led up to that point. The sacrifice his mother made and, you know, everything else that happened in the film. But that one specific scene, you know, uh, I, I feel like a hug would have been better. Like, a friendly hug. Like, a like a, like a just, just, just a, a friendly gesture Super of appreciation. Super emotional hug, like we saw at the right, end of the movie with right. everybody. You know, but like... Granted, a high five would have killed the moment. <laughs> just a... <laughs> a crisp high five. Yeah, thumbs, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Great job. I can Good go job, now. Um, yeah, I just felt it was out of place. It was, it was, it was unnecessary. I don't need that. You know, I don't know who they were trying to appeal to as far as that decision goes. But as a female fan of these films and a female moviegoer, I don't need that in my films. I don't need to have some sort of romantic connection for me to be like, aww. Now I care about them. Right? Like, no, I cared about them from day one, you know, because they did a really good job in The Force Awakens in establishing these characters and who they were and making me care about them then, giving them plot, giving them some backstory, giving them depth, you know. So I didn't need that here. I didn't need any sort of, I mean, I don't know if it was it was them trying to, you know, J.J. Abrams trying to retcon that whole scene that happened in uh, the the shirtless scene in the Last Jedi. I don't know if oh, it, God, it, it's so wide. <laughs> oh, it, it seemed like she was getting a little, a little, a oh. little bit with the vapors when that scene happened. I, I've seen both people on either side. I don't think one is any more or less legitimate. Um, I, I had people in my theater cheer 
I'm pretty sure they were they were females or members of the Jackson family because of the, the tone of the voice um, when they when they kissed. So some people are into it, and I understand some people aren't. Is but, that a Skywalker rising, or are you just happy to see me? It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's not necessary, and I felt that it was very out of place for those characters, especially at that point, because I felt that there was just such a mutual respect and appreciation towards, you know, the two between the two characters at that point that it just, it just didn't feel right. It felt, I don't know, it just, it felt, it was just so wrong, and I made a so face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it just, it just wasn't necessary, and I felt that it cheapened the story. Okay, um, Bob. What about you? Uh, well, when it comes to uh, Rise of the Skywalker, first Giggity. off, if your rise lasts more than four hours, you need to consult a physician. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sitting on that one for a while. Uh, Thank you for I that. Have... More than four hours? You might need uh, to see well, a doctor. Yeah, oh, I need to get going then. All right. Uh, I didn't have a lot of problems with this movie. There was a lot of it. I walked out thinking, I want to go see this movie again. Yep. Yeah. Except for there was that one thing that kind of made me roll my eyes. And that was when the emperor uh, raised all these star destroyers. It's like a fleet of like 10,000 of them or whatever it is. Oh, and by the way, every single one of them has a planet destroying weapon. Yeah, that was a bit much. I think the. Planet destroying weapons are is such an overused trope, and when I saw that, I was like, "Not you guys aren't even trying anymore." That's that's legitimate. So, Steve, how about you? You had a, I'm sure you have a couple things because I have a couple that I'll get to once you're all set. Um, I you know also don't really have that much uh, to complain about. Um, you know it's it's funny the uh, I I did read that the kiss was a really divisive thing and and. It's funny, Ashes. I actually agree with you in general, like on that particular point uh, for just about everything else. Like I didn't mind the kiss in this. I sort of felt like it was it was a long time coming. I feel like they were going through a thing together for a really long time. And, you know, I don't know how many years were in between the second and third movie, but they were connected that whole time. So we don't really know what's really going on. But, you know, that's that's fine. But I do agree in general. It drives me insane. Usually that like oh you can't care about the two characters if it's a man and a woman especially like what cop show that it's ever had two leads of the opposite sex hasn't had them to get together i mean it's just it's like oh sure, cool. bravo yeah, yeah. But, anyway. but that's that that was something that always bugged me about um x-files i never got sexual chemistry right. between Mulder and never. scully yep for yep. me i never had it but yep. totally 100 percent agree but i don't know I, I didn't i didn't really mind the kiss but either way it was it was kind of a small quick moment but hey whatever uh i don't know like i i kind of just sort of i mentioned it earlier the 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 plot point of like we're gonna we need to find like you know because essentially it's a it's a fantasy quest and i get it it's fine you need things you got to find something somewhere and then go you know it's a scavenger hunt so but the the idea that like it was written down the location of the holocron was written down on his knife was just wayfinder wayfinder so silly (laughs) <laughs> or a wayfinder uh his uh his death napkin whatever it was but like um you know that that was a that was a bit that was a bit dumb i thought and uh i did think that the end while it was fun to have you know turn around and see this giant fleet of good guys show up at the last second you know i i in my head all i could think of was on your left yeah and it's like but that was done so much better i was waiting and for like, someone to say that 
Yeah, Lando had like, you know, 20 minutes. He's like, it's okay. I've got the swagger. I'll get like 10 million people. It'll take me five minutes. It's like, okay. Uh, it's I, fine. I, I'm not going to complain like a lot. It's fine. I didn't hate it or anything. They're just like silly things. Like, and it's okay. Like, you know, like I like cheesy shit anyway. Like, I'm not, I, you know, far be it for me to say like, you know, my entertainment has to be free of cheese, you know. Okay. I don't I don't necessarily mind some fan service. Uh like I love the final act of Cabin in the Woods, which is sure. total fan. Mm-hmm. But it's earned in my opinion it's earned fan service. Um I like a lot of Last Jedi and I like a lot of Last Jedi because it went left when everybody wanted it to go right. Yeah. I appreciated that. And I'll I'll say that if you got in a time machine, went back to 1979 and told all these eager Star Wars fans, hey, look, here's what's going to happen. The next movie, Luke's going to spend the entire movie talking to a Muppet. And then he's going to get his hand cut off. Um, and, and, and Han Solo is going to hook up with Leah and get frozen in a block of ice and shipped off to Jabba the Hutt and you're not going to see him again. I, 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 don't, I don't think anybody's going to go, yeah, I want to see that movie. True. Right? They would have been fucking furious. Um, <laughs> and that's not even dropping the, 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 the daddy bomb on them. That's everyone's favorite movie. That's, and yeah. now everyone's like, oh, but that's the best one. And it's like, you know, it's not going to end. It's going to end with them losing. You know? Um, so I don't think fans always know what they want. Maybe they went too far to the left in, in the, in more than they should have. Or, I, I don't know. But this one just felt like um, with Phantom Menace and, you know, Lucas – um, seemed so despondent after that. He just said, fuck it. Fans want Boba Fett. Here's an army of fucking Boba Fetts for you. Every stormtrooper is a goddamn Boba Fett. You're going to get his Boba Fett's origin story. You're going to meet Daddy Boba Fett. You like Jedi here. Lightsabers as far as the eye can see. You want new toys here? New toys. Robot droids. Robot monsters. Robot, ro- everything. That just felt like he was just kind of, kind of giving in. And that's my least favorite out of all of the films. Because it just, just felt like purely, fine, fuck it, here's what you want. Throwing uh, red meat to the trolls. And, and a lot of this fun. felt like it was just, did feel like fan service. And I, again, it's not so bad. I think and Endgame, lots of fan service. But I think they really pulled that off better. When you think about it, they had to tie together characters from 22 different movies a lot more storylines, time travel, much more complicated. And I think they did it in a way that was a lot more emotionally satisfying mm-hmm. than this film that had to tie together three characters. Yeah. So yeah, um, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to get into, we'll get into what we did like, and then we'll get into some final thoughts. Uh, but I want to, I want to talk about a couple of things that I didn't particularly care for. And I loved this movie. Like I had tears in my eyes, like five, six, seven times, like, because it was, very emotional to me. I was very happy with the way things went. But uh, my my uh, first thing also has to do with a kiss, but the kiss that we did not get between Poe and Finn, I was very upset that <laughs> we did not get to see that. Uh, one of the things kind of touched, uh, Mike, you kind of touched on it, um, the fact that Rose was kind of put on the back burner. We got 900 new characters in this that I think we could have done without where we could have, you know, we've we have these established characters, but it made it almost seemed like JJ was trying to like put as much distance between uh, himself and Episode Eight as humanly possible. 
So, you know, and Rose was a huge reminder of that. So I think maybe that's why she got pushed to the back burner. But you could have given all of Rose's uh, plot to to Janna. But I think they're setting up a spin, uh, like a Lando Janna spinoff movie. Um, the fact that we you undercut this, and I fucking hate when movies do this. You undercut this huge sacrifice that C three PO made. Yeah. You know, that huge emotional, I'm just taking one last look at my friends, and it's like, oh, guess what? It was all okay. Don't worry about it. No big deal. I fucking hate when movies do that. Like, so I did not like the fact that, you know, you set up this huge sacrifice only for it to just not mean anything. Like, there were no stakes whatsoever. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And they didn't need to at all. They just could have taken that like they were like, "Oh, doesn't R2 have backups that he made right before we left?" Like they just didn't need well, to say that. Well, not only that, but after R2 reboots 3PO because honestly, we all play with with computers. You could ask, "Well, isn't there a 3PO backup?" and people would have said that. After R2 reboots 3PO, does 3PO get like another line of dialogue in the rest of the film? Yeah, he uh, he like responds to it's like oh well we're about to go here it's like well you already went and they erased your memory oh no oh my oh, oh we're right, but that's but that's like, but that happens like immediately after right and that's it that's it but that's it so I'm, so I'm saying after the reboot we don't see him again i would yeah. have been just as there was no there's uh, no reason I mean, for we, it we, we, we all went in here knowing carrie fisher was dead right um and okay the villain dies right uh, yeah. kylo ren dies yeah. But of the heroes of this story, there was not a real sacrifice. And even if it was just lame ass three PPO, three PPO, that's a different model. Three PPO, that's a different type type of golden rod. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> three PPO, where could he be? Even if it was just three a C three PO, you know, it, it would have had a little bit more punch to it. Or if they had had not uh, pulled a Marion with uh, Chewbacca, you know being in the different basket um yeah you know so I, it would have been nice to see no i'm not bloodthirsty well i am but it's not because i'm bloodthirsty i'm saying this you know a little a little sack but this is also return of the jedi right there was no sacrifice in return of the jedi either other than the millennium falcons radar dish right yeah. no you're right <laughs> they fucking killed off nian nun though like unceremoniously the way they killed off akbar in the last movie did they yeah he was in yeah, one of the ships that blew up Oh, okay, I missed that. That's how unceremonious it was. Yeah. You know, I uh, I, I would really, I would say they should have just killed Chewie because, it, like, it did affect me when it happened. I, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I, I was figuring that the ship was going to rip apart and that he was going to crash but be okay or something, but the freaking thing just explodes with force lightning, and it's like, I mean... I had no illusion that Chewbacca was in that ship. I saw two ships, then I only see one, and that's the one that blows up. I'm like, Chewie's fine. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, and, they did, and they, if you're I trying would, to kill Chewie, you would have cut to Chewie. You would have cut to Chewie. But my, my point was just simply, like, I would say, like, they could have, they should have killed Chewie if if not for the shot of him later. Because I, I get your point, Mike, with the uh, the 3PO. There was no reason to even save him because they didn't use him after, really. But, like, oh, my God. Broke my freaking heart yep. when they got back and Chewie found out Leia was dead and he dropped to his knees. Yeah. And you could see that it's like... And he wouldn't let anyone her. console him. He shoved him away. Yeah. 
Because mm-hmm. he just lost And he ripped Han. the guy's arm out of his socket. And I mean, he just lost Han not that long ago, and now he loses Leia. He lost Han, then he lost Luke, then he now he loses Leia. He's got oh no my one. God. That, that shot of him just dropping to his knees yep. killed me. I'm willing to bet there is a script out there that he died in that shuttle, and then at some point they're like, no, we can't nah. do it. No. See, I thought we would lose Lando in this one because Lando hasn't really been a part of it. Like, Lando comes in and makes a sacrifice, and there we go. We're good. But uh, Well, nothing. and Lando, Lando is so, so much the Ringo of the foursome, right? Oh, I mean, so much. He's like, well, we had each other. No, you had them. They, <laughs> they, they, you know, you weren't Jedi. You were off with nine nuts. Yeah. They were together down the planet. You, you. You go there. You go away. Like we don't care. You're you're no. We don't no. You know, you know if you trade us on Bespin, yeah. no. We don't want. We don't like you. Go away. I uh, I just have to step in for Lando for one second. In Jedi, so Return of the Jedi, unpopular opinion, is my favorite Star Wars movie. All right. And um, you know, uh, the the Java sequence is my favorite sequence of any Star Wars movie. All right. Now now you're uh, losing me. Oh, I love I love the Java sequence. I love everything about it. I love Java. I love the creatures. I'm I'm a big creature guy anyway. I mean, Hoth is the other one, but um, but yeah. So I love that big the whole intro. I love Leia in her uh, her two coolest outfits, gold bikini and and boosh. But um, anyway, Lando showing up like when he absolutely did not need to. To to write that wrong in in Empire like always sold me so hard on that character, I, and I love his his outfit too. It's really really cool. But I just love how he just comes well, out. And just dude, he could have freaking been he wears on... a cape, dude. I mean, you can't you can't you can't knock points off for a guy with a cape. I mean, you got a no capes, a, a Tuscan mask. But I don't know. Lando's a cool dude. I, I think I think he I think he uh, he redeemed himself in Jedi for me. Oh, he did, but I'm just saying when he's like, it's a, he's just such a weird, an he awkward thing. I, I mean, just but that's yeah. you know, he shows up at the end of one of the, of the second movie. I don't know, but it's it's a fair point. He's like, and they let me sing "Yellow Submarine." Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't even like the Beatles. That's good stuff. So now I, he, I, I just gotta ask: Did he say I? I Unfortunately, we saw it in 3D. My wife is hard of hearing, so she usually uses the closed captioning device. But we saw it in 3D, and there was no closed captioning for that because you can't with the glasses. Um, when he's asked at the end, where are you from? Did he say he was from the cult system? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I, God, I, I That so. sounded <laughs> like what he I'm from cult 45. <laughs> On the 45th moon in the cult. I... I, I <laughs> And if he and I don't know if he did, if I would love it or hate it, or oh, I think that's what he said. Like that—that's good. That's in my opinion, that's the good shit. That's the camembert right there. That's so, the aged Gruyere. So now I, I want to talk because uh, we've gone a little over an hour. We've touched on a lot of the uh, the spoiler stuff. So I just want to talk about the stuff that we liked. Like maybe your top three things that you were like, okay, the shit we like liked, like liked. Like in that way, like in that way, like the things right. that got you right. uh, got you horny. So we haven't heard from Ashes for a while because uh, mm-hmm. we can all see each other, and she's slightly off camera. So I know. I, I, I... she's like Rose. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? She's far more <laughs> integral to this plot. I, did, I just before we get to this, though, I just want to throw something out there. Um, 
you said that there was no Mike. You said there was nothing like the Canto bite scene, uh, and I nothing as for me as bad as the Canto bite scene. Okay, I'm gonna. I I, I ha- kind of have to say the fact that this radar dish could only be destroyed from the ground and it needed to ride these horses and have people like charging through. Is there some reason they couldn't shoot it with a laser gun? Like yes, yes, it's because it's Star Wars. Oh, okay, right. That's what I figured because. That's that was like they can only move as fast as the exposition would allow so, them. So, yeah. Sort of like how how in the Mandalorian he has a spaceship and yet he has to make sure he lands at least a, a you know five hour ride away from wherever his. Oh, but is. that's that's every every Star Wars personally. I know where the base but is. Why? Oh, let's let's land nine hundred miles away and take these things that walk four miles an hour. Like right, you could exactly. get out and ski faster. Yes. So yeah, so let's get into what we did like because Ashes, I know you had a few things. Uh, one was a, a very specific touching moment. So please explain to us your, say, top three moments. So the first one I want to talk about is a new character, um, a character who I believe... I, it, it makes me upset that Star Wars actors, people in these films, do not get acting awards you know, sometimes these films are nominated for the effects and all of the, the the costuming and the visual stuff, but you know, never the the actors. Motion capture and puppetry and, doesn't get awards. You know, this this one specific performance just really touched me, and it was a newer character, and I just I I I can't really put into words what this character made me feel. Uh, because I'm having a hard time finding those words. It's Babu Frick. Um, I fucking love Babu Frick. I thought, (laughs) are we talking about, uh, like Kylo Ray feelings here? Are we talking towards Babu Frick? Absolutely. The things that I would do with Babu Babu Frick. Um, he can hotwire me any day. Uh, no, but just, it was just a cool, uh, you know, we had Dio, which was a a really cool addition to the cast. Um, a very cool take on a different type of droid. But for me, Bobble Frick was just fun. Like, you know, just a super fun character. One of those off characters that you expect from Star Wars. You know, kind of like a an Admiral Akbar or... Uh, you know, Salacious just, Crumb. Yeah, you know, just one of those characters you're just like, wow, I'm having a really good time. Like, I, I love the puppetry. I love the character design, the voicing. It was just perfection. I giggled every time we saw him, which was only a couple of times. But they managed yeah. to bring him back in the film uh, towards the end, yep. flying in Carrie Russell's ship, which was a nice touch. You know, him sitting there going "bubble, ha you know. And it was just, it was just, he which, just made me. Why really... is he there? Because <laughs> she, he's friends. Because he's friends. Because that's. <laughs> let, let, let's hope we don't see him uh, frying on a spit in the next episode of The Mandalorian. <laughs> well, yeah, oh no, no, no he's no. getting a, he's getting a <laughs> spinoff movie. That's Ryan Johnson's well, no, 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 trilogy. Because technically. The, this I happens mean, after the Mandalorian, so kebab of Babu Fricks, a kebabu Frick, kebabu yeah. Frick. You can get those at Galaxy's <laughs> Edge down in Disney. <laughs> um, but anyways, so some of the additional, <laughs> some of the additional new characters were really fun. Uh, like I said, in particular, Babu Frick and and Do. And what's really cool about Do is it's voiced by J.J. Abrams, 
And wouldn't you, if you were directing a Star Wars film, wouldn't you put yourself in the film in some way, shape, or form? Like, absolutely. absolutely. And I think yeah. putting yourself in as a droid where all you have to do is just voice the, 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 the character. And it's such a great character. Like, we've seen the Funko Pops for those characters. Uh, you know, something that we'll probably see later on in, in some well, of these other the, films. Well, they have the... Um... I forget the name of the company, but the same company that made the BB-8s that you can control, like the remote control BB-8s, made Dio's. Um, yeah. He's just, a, he's just a rainbow in the dark. Huh? He sure is. <laughs> yeah, he sure is. Yeah. I appreciate you lobbing that out. That was, that was Thank you. Good. Thank you. You guys can't see. The listening audience can't see the horns, but you guys can. Um, but one thing that I absolutely loved, and I think that this film did beautifully was handle the death of Princess Leia and ultimately Carrie Fisher. Um, she's one of those actresses who I love. And I love her, you know, as an actress, as a person, as a stand-up comedian, as just a, a badass, yeah, as a writer, as a badass person in general. I think she was just such a gem. And she is so missed. And... I think that they did a really good job with doctoring the footage that they had and and creating this story that's fitting to this film and ultimately a, a fitting death for this character and seeing her as a force ghost at the end just chills. I, I had nothing but chills in and the, I loved that. In film tribute? Yes. You want to talk about that? Ooh, that's what I'm. I'm getting oh, to that. Hold, I'm just Jesus Christ, sure. Patrick. Hold on. I'm just making sure. Um, hold on to your tauntauns, there, <laughs> right? Um, you know the homage that we've seen. So we all know her daughter Billy Lord has been a minor character in these films, and it was cute in the beginning because you know we got to see mother and daughter act next to each other. But last film, and definitely apparent in this film, was the homage that they they gave to Billy Lord's character in honor of Princess Leia. Her hair, hairstyle in particular, and you know the outfit that she was wearing that. was very reminiscent of you know the. Um, oh God, what film was it? Return of the Return Jedi. of the Jedi. Um, you know, and I just thought that was it was just beautiful to see. You know, I know that Billy Lord was very honored to not only play this character but be able to honor her mother in such a way. And I think that you know, as someone who has lost a parent, you know, it's uh, it makes you feel things when you see somebody able to do that. And it was just, it was just nice. It was just one of those nice touches that you're just kind of like, okay, JJ Abrams, like I'm, I'm, I'm here with you, you know, like this was, this was really nice. So that's one of the things that I loved. Yeah, I, I agree. I and, and um, one of the things that I really loved was the overall character arc of Ray. I'm sure we'll touch base on that a little yeah. more. Um, but, you know, from from the start of this 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 trilogy series to the end, I really liked what they did with her character. I love the actress that they chose for her. I think Daisy really did an uh, excellent job with portraying this character. And, you know, it really gave little girls somebody who's just such a badass to look up to. I agree. Uh, Bob, we'll go to you. What are uh, your top three things that you liked? Uh, narrowing it down to just three. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is the flashback where Luke and Leia are training in the forest at night. I guess it's on Endor. 
and just how spectacular the effects in that particular scene look. Because usually when you see like aged, uh, uh, graphic generated de-aging, it looks off like bad. Disney's pretty good or something. In some cases, yeah, I think their Tarkin from uh, Rogue One could use a little more rendering, uh, but it was still pretty good. Their Marvel stuff but has this, been good. Yeah, yeah, that yes, it definitely has yeah, been good. Him? Oh my god, Michael Douglas, young Michael Douglas, holy crap! Yeah, when you actually spend the time and the money on it, it looks great. Uh, I think after this, we need to make Carrie Fisher not Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher a Disney princess. That's fair. Yeah. And uh, the thing I really liked about this movie is the pacing seemed to be a lot better than Last Jedi. There was a couple of scenes in Last Jedi where they were good, but I thought that, okay, we, we get the idea. We can wrap this up, move on to the next part. There was none of that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, you asked me for three things. Here's my fourth thing, just because I'm an asshole. Uh, I think the fi- the saber fights in this particular movie far outweighed any other saber fight we've seen for this trilogy because i think it that was really really lacking in the first two movies the the, the saber fighting was not that great uh at least not up to the prequel standards i hold i hold the saber fights in the prequels as like spectacular yeah Yeah, those those are the best i was amazed i didn't bring back the guy the 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 fight choreographer whatever he was for these films I'm surprised we didn't hear Duel of the Fates or the, the, that song that they played like a hundred times. Duel in the of last, the Fates. In the prequels. It's Duel of the Fates. Okay. So uh, let's go, Mike. What about you? Three things that you uh, really liked. Well, first, I got to say, uh, uh, I, you know, Ash likes uh, Babu Frick. Uh, I got to give it out for, I don't know what the real character's real name is, but uh, I'm just going to call him Darth Cornelius. The uh, the evil chimpanzee that was putting oh, together right. that reassembled the mask. Right, he the did look like uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Caesar. Yeah, uh, but he had he also had but he had like gremlin ears too. Mm-hmm. It was hard to see, but he had gremlin ears. Um, so yeah, I if, you know if I if I, if I could have one character in this film with an action figure, that's the one I want. Um, that's actually J.J. Uh, Abrams talked about that. Um, that the way he put that together with like all the red accents and stuff, that's uh, I forget the name of it, but it's a a, a way that the Japanese would uh, repair pottery with gold. Yes, to oh. kind of uh, you know show it's like yeah, this once was broken, but look how beautiful it is now that it's been put back together and it still serves its purpose. I read that too. I thought that was really really cool because I saw the movie and was like, this is cheesy, and then. Uh, learning that there is a historical uh, component to it and there's a benchmark is pretty neat. Yeah. So go ahead. Um, I did like some of the callbacks. I, I agree. I, I loved all the race stuff. Um, you know, I I don't care, you know, being a, a white male, I really don't care if the hero is, you know, white or black or female. I've certainly had my share of representation. But, you know, if it means something to someone, you know, then then that's fantastic. But I I do like the actor. I like all the characters. And I like their interaction in this film. I love the interaction between Poe and uh, Finn. Um, I thought it was great. I thought having these actors together, but I thought there were little touches like her climbing the Death Star, right? The way that she was climbing in the uh, Star Destroyer, where she slides down the sand at the end, mm-hmm. oh. echoing that from the original. So I thought those were nice little touches that they had. Um, 
that were fan service, but they weren't quite as on the nose as say with Chewbacca and the chess set. Yeah, Whatever. yeah, the 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 Dejaric <laughs> board. Um, and the other one I'm going to say I tried very very hard to avoid spoilers for this film. Um, and I have told people like when everyone said we need uh why why didn't they make this all about Luke and Han and Leia? It's like well because. Harrison Ford wanted out of Star Wars. He's wanted out of Star Wars since 1983. And the only way he was coming back to do Star Wars is if they never made him do Star Wars again. He forced them to kill him off. So I was completely shocked to see Harrison Ford mm-hmm. in, in live and in flesh, not in a flashback. Um, and given in the context, I lost my father back in August. Um... And so to see this guy turn around and see his father there that he had thought was gone. Um, and also just the fact that uh, my father and I had watched so many Harrison Ford films together. Um, that really got me tearing up. And I was kind of surprised to see that. In a, and I know that that's a me thing, partially. Harrison Ford brought it. He doesn't always do that with the Star Wars film. But, um, you know, he delivered it as necessary. I thought that was surprisingly touching. And it really worked for me, uh, and it made that uh, that conversion, right? The Kylo Ren's uh, whatever his salvation re- at the end, redemption. It sold it for me. Yeah, I um I agree with you on that. I lost my dad 13 years ago, and one of the things that we used to do was watch Star Wars together. So when I watch these films, it feels like a, a, a connection to him, and seeing Harrison Ford and and. Ultimately, Ben Solo have that interaction reminded me of, you know, not only the connection that I had with my dad, but, you know, with him being gone for so long, I still talk to him, you know, like he's still here. And I have these conversations and obviously like he's not here. He hasn't been here for a while. It's just a a figment of my imagination, my memory coming up with what he would say and what what he would do and his his, you know, a a manifestation of him in some sense. Um, So I I feel you on that. And that was actually a favorite uh, scene of mine as well was 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 him having that honest interaction, uh, something that, you know, I I would have had, you know, my favorite part of that specific scene is when he kind of looks at him and just goes dead and like he's searching for the words and Harrison mm-hmm. Ford just goes I know yep. yeah yeah oh. yeah you got anything uh, else you want it is and that, and that works so much better when they did it in solo yeah <laughs> did you want to add anything else Mike or are you uh... no that's not that's pretty much it all right uh, Steve yeah um <clears throat> You know, I gotta follow that. That was. Uh, thank you for sharing, guys. That was. That was. Uh, that was heavy stuff. That's. Uh, I'm sure we left you a lot of stuff to pick you know, over. It's. Uh, it's. It's. It's one of those things, though. You know, like Star Wars. The people who aren't fans, they. They. They don't get it. And. And you know, uh, my best friend just has never been a fan. And uh, every time there's a new Star Wars that comes out, he just. You know, he's just so annoyed and. You know, all these look at all these idiots, you know, uh, the consuming like what they're supposed to consume and whatever. And it's just like, I don't know, there is just something special about it. And it does mean a lot for some reason uh, to a lot of people. And, and I don't know. So I guess, uh, you know, I don't have anything like that to share. But for, to, to get back to the uh, just specific things I liked, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot in this movie I loved. Um, uh 
uh, like I mentioned the Chewy scene when you know when he when he broke down. Um, I you guys have already said a lot of good stuff that I would have said. I mean, for sure, uh, Ray's journey, uh, justifying it all and shutting up the pe- hopefully shutting up the people who have been crying Mary Sue for this whole time. They won't shut up uh, their assholes. No, mm-hmm. that's fair. I mean, since, since day one, I'm like, so what? Like, she's the only character that you're not okay with just saying it's the force. Like, that that explains everything, but not her. Like, why? Okay, Luke, but no, no, she's the Mary Sue. Okay. Anyway, um, so that's great. She's a Palpatine. She was super powerful. She was super freaking powerful just the way the child is in the Mandalorian. Obviously, you know, he's a he's a frog why. So you know, you know, <laughs> it's a good term. Extra sensitivity, but um but no, I mean um that uh, that's awesome. The turning of the ray, uh, I mean the turning of the wren, I should say, like I mean you know, I think we all assumed, like from day one, that he was at some point gonna gonna turn around. But I gotta say, after Last Jedi, it, it really sort of I felt like, oh, maybe not. You know, like he went so dark, and uh, I think that they did it in a way that that did make sense and was satisfying. I also think that the uh, the return of Palpatine, same thing. I, I uh, early, I, th- I think Mike said it, or I'm not sure, it might have been Robert, uh, that m- my initial thought was uh grown like oh i I don't think this is gonna work with the the emperor coming back like are they really doing this uh i really wasn't super excited like everybody was uh but boy i really loved what they did and i i am very very happy that they returned uh so if i have to pick one specific thing the return of palpatine of being like the scariest motherfucker in the galaxy because after the prequel trilogy he was not he was a big freaking joke so that is amazing. I appreciate that. Um, getting to see Dark Ray was a fun moment. Uh, yes. I mean, oh, Empress Ray. Uh, she was so hot in that scene. Like, oh I, my, her uh, teeth. Wow. The teeth oh, was. Uh, that's what got me. You, I mean, and the lightsaber. The fan fiction getting written right now. <laughs> um, and, then, and then she and then she smiled, and all that oral sex stuff got immediately removed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, you know, somebody else mentioned the, the, the flashback with Luke and Leia training, learning that that Leia had been trained and it's OK. I, I another unpopular opinion. I don't care. Uh, I I really like the Mary Poppins shit in Last Jedi. Hated okay? it. Like I 100 I, percent. I, I thought I thought it was awesome. And the reason I thought it was awesome is because I think that, uh, you know, you, you you we saw something that we had not seen before and they gave it to leia they gave it to a character who <laughs> deserved to have something that was a hundred percent new 100 percent original and really significant something that you know she survived a vacuum and pulled herself back in now at the time i i see you guys you know, you know thumbs down i mean that's okay that's I, fine i, I gave I, it thumbs I, up and I, thumbs I, down i totally get it's an unpopular opinion but like you know, I think that even at the time, I was like chalking that up to, well, we knew she was force sensitive and that was enough for me. I'm like, well, you know, it's an instinctual thing. She like just grabbing, reaching out, whatever, moving herself in it. Really, she's in a vacuum, so it takes virtually no force to move herself, like, right. you know, just almost nothing. But anyway, so uh, much less than like moving, you know, a ball across a room, like almost no, no, because there's no resistance anyway. Anyway, 
now learning that she was physically actually actively trained with Luke and even even if she didn't become a Jedi that she trained and used a lightsaber had a lightsaber did all this stuff she knew how to do a lot more stuff than we thought she knew so I think that that really is cool and for me it takes a scene that I liked anyway and sort of justifies it a little bit more the the last thing I'll say uh no okay I'm sorry I got two more I go way over way over three here okay these will be quick the fucking X-Wing. Okay? Yep. Seeing yes. Luke X-Wing, as soon as she went... With, with the music. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Seeing that freaking X-Wing, and it's like, you knew it was there. They showed it to you in Last Jedi. It was in the ground and everybody, in the water, and everybody's like, why wouldn't Luke just fly his X-Wing? It's like, okay. Uh, like, either way, you know, he... It wouldn't. It would have meant he couldn't have done the the brush off the shoulder thing at the end, which I loved. But you know, whatever. It was there and it worked for this. I don't know. You know, I can't say it was planned, but I think that that was brilliant on JJ's uh, behalf. And he's like, okay, no, we're gonna go back to that island. She's gonna use a goddamn X-wing, and that was so amazing to see. Luke was raising it up just the way Yoda did. Oh my god, I freaking love that moment. And uh, also when. Kylo was going to save Ray at the end, and the friggin' Knights of Ren showed up mm. and served them, and he had to kill all the Knights of Ren. I fucking love that. That that was one of my favorite fights. I wish it was longer. I wish we saw more of it, but man, that was I, fun as well. I, I wish we'd gotten the fights between the, the, the Knights of Ren and Chewie. Yeah. 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 Oh, um first of all, can I say about the, the Leia? Sure. I'm with you, I think people don't understand how space works. You don't instantaneously die when you're exposed to a vacuum. The whole uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger on Mars thing is, 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 right, is, right, is right. horseshit. Um, you know, she was out there for a few seconds. She was out there for remember, a full two minutes. Well, no, they had edited away, so the question is whether the scenes were subsequent or concurrent. I timed it the last time I watched it. Do you know what happens hey, when you're in space? Let me talk. Let the, all of I, I the, think if you just look at the footage of her, I don't know that it's full of two minutes. It, it's a it's a minute forty eight, and you could survive it's that. No, seconds. you can't survive yes. that. All of the fluid, yes, all of the fluid in your body. First of all, your eyes and tongue, everything would boil yeah. off. All no, of the doesn't. oxygen. I looked right. this up. I did research. So did I. I'm a science so, guy. Excuse so me. I. I was I'm just saying. So, as a scientist. And and we're talking about a, about about a I world know where spaceships where spaceships have to bank. So yeah, I know. They don't and you can a world with laser swords. You can do and, I mean, if you're going to complain about the science of this, you have to complain about the science of absolutely everything else that makes no sense, which is anything that the Force does. Are you new? So you got it. Just Let go. as a scientist, yes, there is some questioning about that science. Which is true. I am a scientist, guys. I have the degree to show. Um, Good. But throughout the entire franchise of Star Wars, there is a suspension of disbelief that you have to take. Nothing is scientifically correct in these films. Nothing is scientifically correct in any film for the most part. I'm looking at you, Interstellar. I'm looking at you. Interstellar was the closest thing. I mean, it was close, but it still wasn't correct. Well, that's because a lot of that is... I still haven't Um, seen Ad Astra. Um, uh, I I, I, I want to. Give it a shot. But um, regardless, like every film is not scientifically correct. 
Every right. film. There is some sort of suspension and disbelief in every film. That's why it's called fantasy. That's why it's called make-believe. So I understand why Patsy has an issue with this film, but I understand why people love this scene as well. You know, so I'm ambiguous. Like, I, I could take it or leave it. I thought, I thought it right. kind of showed... Um, you know, and obviously it was retconned a little bit in the most recent film. You know, she trained as a Jedi, so she knew how to use the Force and stuff. But we always knew she was Force-sensitive. And, you know, right. going along with the Ray story, Ray knew how to f- use the Force before using the Force. And life after she discovers she's uh, Darth Vader's daughter. There's 30 years of her life that we didn't know anything about. And I remember saying, right. all she did was and say, oh, she's flying through space. I said, she just, it's the, she's in space. It's a Force pull. Right. That's not how how it works. So obviously, yes, you know, a normal human being would not survive that in in any way, shape or form. They wouldn't survive the blast. They wouldn't survive, you know, being out in space with no oxygen, fully exposed. But it's a movie. So there you go. And and Poe would have would have died when he when the the hangar exploded. Regardless, uh, that 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 that's so. But anyway, I didn't. But my problem with it, I didn't like the way that scene was composed or way it looked. I thought it was executed in a way that was kind of cheesy. Right. But that was so that's why thumbs up and thumbs down. So I want want to get to the stuff that I like now because fortunately nobody mentioned my number one thing. Uh huh. So she was sitting next to me, obviously, and as this stuff was happening, like we were holding hands, and I started squeezing her hand. When Chewbacca got his fucking medal, that was... He's had a medal. That was the best part. And you know it's it's Han's medal. Yes. Which makes it even Well, more and it was special. given to him by Maz Kanata, which I think was just I perfect. Thought every, everybody's hugging and smooching each other. I thought him and Maz were like going to go movie. at it right when, there. When Leia's, when Leia's <laughs> doing her force thing on the bed, she's got the medal in her hand. Mm-hmm. So she's using that as her totem, whatever, yeah. to channel Harrison Ford or to, to, to communicate with Ben. So, yeah, so it, yeah, I, I had looked it up. I, I had thought at first it was just a cheesy fan service. Hey, look, guys, Chewie finally got his medal. No, I, I figured. No sense in context whatsoever. I figured it was Han's because, I mean,. Han had had multiple dealings with Maz, you know, throughout his life and throughout her life. You know, they knew each other fairly well. Uh, so he probably, you know, at some point, she was like, oh, give me that medal, you know, and then, uh, you know, you can have a ship or you can, you know, get these weapons, whatever. Like, you know, that she was a broker with many forbidden objects that, you know, came her way. I mean, she was, what, almost a thousand years old? Or over a thousand years old, yeah, because that's what Han says. Maz has run this watering hole for a better part of a thousand years, so she's very old. She, I mean, she had fucking Luke's lightsaber that he lost on Bespin, which I'm still waiting to find out how that happened. But that was my favorite. A Maz Kanata movie would be great. Ooh, Lupita Nyong'o is just amazing to begin with. Yes, yes, she is. Uh, Two things, two other things I like. They were both kind of cameos. I liked uh, John Williams as the bartender with the weird fucking monocle. That's who it was. Okay. Yep. Oh, I didn't, I'm like, I didn't they zoomed that. in on him. I'm like, Is that? I don't know. Like, it was quick, so I wasn't sure it was him. And yeah, fucking, that was a strange close-up. It's like, why are we looking at this guy for so long? Uh, Wedge coming back in the final battle was fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, he was the old man X-Wing pilot. Yeah. Right. I wish we had seen him on the ground after, but you know that... He wasn't that an X-Wing was... pilot. He was a gunner on a ship because he had no helmet on. 
Um, but it was just weird because, not, again, I think the vast majority of people watching the movie aren't going to have a clue who. Well, they had. To, I think they had to keep the helmet off. It was the same actor, but he JJ yeah. wanted him for the first one, and he's like, "No, I have zero interest in being in Star Wars." Right. It's like, dude, what? Right. So maybe they. Maybe they gave him some more galactic credits. Dude, do you know how much money you make on the convention circuit? One more movie, you add another 20 bucks to your autograph. Yeah. Well, you know that guy, uh, Ian, <laughs> uh, Ewan McGregor's uncle, right? And he told him, don't do not do Phantom Menace. He's like, whatever you do, stay away from Star Wars. It'll rule your life forever. Yeah, that didn't seem to work. Um, one of the things I did like, it was, uh, it was subtle. And it kind of, um, to me, helped lead to... Uh, Kylo Ren turning back to Ben Solo is when she did the force heal on him. Uh, his scar went away. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Dennis like, Lawson. Plays, yes, Dennis uh, Lawson. He's Scottish. Yeah, he's McGregor's. Yeah. Dennis is your uncle. So. Well, and and going into that force heal a little bit. That was when he really started to transi- transition back to Ben Solo. Like he was o- always in quarrel with himself for the. He could know, never do anything films. to his mom, and when his mom contacted him, that kind of stuff because he was about to kill her. Right, but you know, I think it was a combination of the two. You know, it was feeling his mom sacrifice herself, or feeling his mom pass away. You know, and ultimately, I think it was Leia sacrificing herself in order to to heal her son, to better her son, you know, knowing that Ray could take over and lead the rebel Alliance to where they need to be. But, um, I mean, great. We all know that Paul was the, the, the leader, but still, you, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, but I think it was Ray force healing Kylo Ren for Kylo Ren to fully transition back to Ben Solo because, you know, she she took the dark out of him. Like, she, she healed him of and she, what was ailing him as far as the dark side goes. And, and I think his thing is, you know, he had done so many bad things, he kept saying that he was irredeemable. He couldn't go, toward, he couldn't go back towards the light. But her where healing she, him... Where she is nothing but darkness. It is a darkness. transfer of force power, so the yeah. light force in her went into him. And, right. And what I'm saying is, like, he sees that even though she is, because all the movies like, fulfill well, your destiny, I mean, it's right. always about people going you know, and against she has, their destiny. Right, and she has right. Palpatine's blood flowing That's through her. That's what I'm her. saying. Like, she so is for her from, to right. deny the dark side and, and become light, yeah, he realized, yeah. Like she, you know, she is from a dark side lineage, and she hasn't really like she's touched on it a little bit here and there, but she's never really gone, like let it consume her the way he has. And he's like, "Well, that's how my grandfather was, so I guess that's how to, how to, uh, how I got to be." But you know, when he sees that, you know, all of those things kind of combine into making her and him, you know, the two, the two sides of the same coin now. So instead of being opposites, they're equals they're yin and yang so i know we haven't we haven't covered everything but i just want to cover a couple more things the uh can i ask a question why do you think this is getting fans seem to be liking it but the critics really were ripping into it. i'm seeing a lot and i am seeing people who are just fans who are really kind of ripping into the film uh and i'm not sure i'm not saying this is the greatest movie since sliced bread i don't think it's as good as uh, as some of the other films, certainly in the series, but um, 
or even like Infinity War and Endgame. But I, I don't I don't really see the justification for the hate in this film unless you're just uh, responding to the way it, it it handles the backlash to Last Jedi. If you're only focusing on the negative, I think. You know, and like what you're saying, like if you only focus on, you know, like, okay, this, I didn't like this, I didn't like this, I didn't like this, you know, this was dumb, you know, why, you know, you know, why introduce so many characters when you haven't, like, told the full story with this character, you know, why bring, you know, Han Solo back? He can't be a Force ghost, even though it's explicitly said that he's a, a memory, you know, oh, they can do Force heal now? Oh, well, that creates all these plot holes, and why didn't why didn't Obi-Wan just heal Qui-Gon? People are focusing on the wrong things. These are just bitter, angry people that have, they just got a bitch about something. It's like a shark, if he stops swimming, he'll die. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I... It's like a shark shark that bites it's it's like a shark bite uh podcast yes there you go something like that yeah there we go oh i can use that as a promo okay. now what like a cookie cutter shark a thresher shark a goblin shark a goblin nurse. Six, six skill i think i always thought Sleeper. patsy was more of a, a icelandic a greenland uh, shark? shark greenland shark greenland shark yeah yeah i mean i won't reach sexual maturity for another 112 years no, and the people of Greenland hang you upside down and 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 till you're rancid, and they cut small strips away from, with a very small knife and and eat, uh, <laughs> eat your flesh because it's a it's a the Greenland equivalent of like a pissing contest. And, uh, uh, this is this these are the things that I think about at night. What? Oh, it is nighttime, so you aren't far off. At, You'd, you'd tell me if that was weird, right? I would tell you if that was weird. And, uh, okay. you know, I didn't say anything, so. Okay, cool. So I just want to touch on a couple more things, you know, because, again, while this is a, a spoiler-filled show, you know, we're not going to, and I haven't done this with any of the shows. I'm not going to run by, run down the plot beat by beat. It's like, and then this happens, and this happens. I just want to talk about certain things that I thought were important because, even if someone listens to this, they can still go see the movie and still be like, oh, I didn't know that happened. Oh, I didn't see this happen. So, you know, that's that's fine because we're covering everything, you know, beat for beat because I, I don't want a six-hour show. But what did you guys think of, uh, at the end, hearing the different voices? And, again, this is, this is fan service as well because I know people were like, oh, is Mace Windu coming back? Because, you know, like we talked about earlier – uh, getting thrown down a, a giant elevator shaft is fifty percent. Is actually at this point is zero percent fatal. Like if you want to survive something in Star Wars, get thrown down a never-ending shaft because Luke was fine, uh, uh, Palpatine was fine, fucking uh, Ben Solo was Darth fine, Maul. and Darth Maul. I mean, Darth Maul got cut in half and then <laughs> down, and he was fine. Darth Maul saves him, but That's what but. It is. But Mace, but Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Well, he went out a window. So if you fall, like if you had killed Darth Maul in a shopping complex, that's how you kill him. You see, that's they didn't show thought. that as on his descent, he got hit by like five flying cars getting, going down. Yeah, he, la- he, he landed on somebody's window. car. <laughs> but what did you guys think of them kind of bringing some of these fan favorite characters onto the big screen, like Ahsoka Tano. Uh, Uh, Well, the problem is, is 
I didn't have a problem with it thematically. All the Jedi are in her the way all the, the Sith are within him. I, I get it thematically. Uh, on the other hand, these are all voices of people. She doesn't know who the hell any of them are. Yeah. Right. The only one that's a Jedi that she had any connection to is Luke. Yeah. Maybe if they had thrown Leia's voice out there, because I don't, don't remember hearing her. I was, I, I was, she was part of it. I was okay. really looking forward to that when they're like, you know, especially in the commercial, the, the trailer, when they're like, you know, the force will be with you. And then she says always at the end. And it hit me like right in the soul. Cause like, mm. I thought we were going to yeah. see that. And that was going to be like, that's the moment where she gets up, you know, the get up. Cause Mickey loves you. You know, like yeah. I thought that's what the, that well, was going to do. It's, it. it's like, I just imagine if she could have a conversation. Well, who, who are you? I'm the one who, you know, the one who trained uh, Luke Skywalker. Who are you? I was Darth Vader's master. Who, who are you? I'm the one that like, like picked Darth Vader up on a ship when he was a little boy. Yeah, and then you would hear, <laughs> "Who the are you?" I you got force pushed out a window by the Emperor. <laughs> I was like, "Who are you?" I was the one with the weird tentacles, and you know, it's just that well, got and that's in the, the thing with and, you know, having Hayden Crit- bring balance to the Force like I did. Fuck you, dude! Like you. You're the reason Kylo Ren is the way he is. Oh, yeah, I totally brought balance to the Force. I totally yeah, did. So, uh, just, uh, just, just to say, there, I do have a list I'm looking at right here just for the listening audience. Um, so in that, in that particular scene that we're all talking about, there are like a bunch of different voices that just all kind of appear in, in her head, and she hears these lines. <clears throat> it is kind of hard to pick out. Ahsoka like, Tano, I think, is one of them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. when I heard her voice, I actually got depressed because it was like, these are all dead people. That is means Ahsoka she's dead, dead now. Yeah. So we have uh, Luke Skywalker. Like 50 uh, years later, dude. Yeah, so we have Luke, uh, Yoda, young Obi-Wan, uh, which was Ewan McGregor, old Obi-Wan, Alec Guinness. Uh, apparently, Liam Neeson's Qui-Gon was in yep, there. Yep, I heard Samuel him. Jackson's Mace Windu. Uh, as Patsy alluded to, uh, Hayden Christensen's Anakin had a line, and there was also Ahsoka Tano, Ashley Eccleston, or Eckstein, and um, apparently, this one blows my mind, uh, Jennifer Hale, who did Aayla Sakura, the, the blue Twi'lek je- mm-hmm. Jedi. Right, right, with the tentacles. Who oh, got yeah. killed on Felucia. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Olivia Dabo, who played um, Luminara, Luminara Unduli. Was also supposedly there. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's. Adi Galia. Adi Galia was another one that was there, and um, Freddie Prince Juniors, I think, was in there too. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Say that here, but I, I know I read. That if you elsewhere. if you go to IMDb, it has all the it has the list of everybody. But yeah, like she doesn't know who Adi Galia or Ayla Sakura or yeah, Freddie Prince. Home Forbes, you're drunk. <laughs> yeah, like there's way too many, way too many characters. That I, I think it would have been hilarious. I mean, Yoda obviously was in Yoda's. there too. If she heard, yeah, if she heard Yoda's voice, the force is with you, it is. Time out. Hold on. Who's who's this guy? Who's talking backwards? Why are there who drunk the ghosts? Who, who brought the frog? Why? <laughs> You'll see like Taika Waititi. Yeah, piss off, ghost. <laughs> so I want to kind of, because we're almost at two hours at this point, and we all have to work tomorrow. Well, at least most some some of us do. Uh, Science teacher, no school for two weeks. Oh, okay, and oh, and Bob just you know Bob makes his own hours. Well, my show's been canceled for the year. <laughs> so, um, like I said, it's been about two hours. So I want to kind of wrap this up, and uh, we'll give a uh, and I'll I'll go first because I know this is a difficult thing. Uh, rank your nonology. 
So all all nine uh, of the three trilogies. So, How, why couldn't you have given us a heads up on that's that? That's why you bastard. I'm going first. Oh, you're an asshole. So number one, I'm gonna I have. Got mine. Number one, I'm gonna go uh, Empire because Empire is just it's Empire. Number two and two A, I'm gonna go Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. Then I'm gonna go uh, Jedi, New Hope. Um. Then I gotta go uh Revenge of the Sith. Uh I gotta I, I have to put Phantom Menace ahead of uh Clone Wars, because although I love the battles in Clone Wars, th- there's too much of the other stuff like you were saying, Mike, that just it's not good. But you know, Boba you get, Fett! That's a Boba Fett. Yeah. And then uh episode eight at the bottom. So that's mine. So, Bob, you said you had yours? No, I'm working on it. I I have mine. Oh, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, I'd say, first of all, this is in no way, shape, or form anything but a completely subjective list. uh, Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I was six years old when Star Wars came out. So, um, for me, it is um, Star Wars first, um, just because it's Star Wars. um, and, And Empire very, very close behind. Then you get a bit of a gap. Uh, then I would go last uh, Return of the Jedi, and I would say uh, the Last Jedi, Force Awakens, um, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, then I know you didn't ask for it, but then I would probably put Rogue One in. I've got my issues with that, but there's some cool stuff in it. Uh, then I would actually put. I think the best of the prequels for me is actually Phantom Menace. I know okay. Jar Jar is annoying. I know Jake Lloyd is terrible, but I think it's the most cohesive story. Um, and stuff like the pod race and the uh, the fight with uh, with Maul are fantastic, and it's got a great score. I mean, we're 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 having to take what we can when it comes to the prequels. I agree. Um, then I would probably take uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, which my biggest problem with that is just that whenever there's a really important emotional moment, there's a piece of terrible, terrible dialogue that is delivered with horrible, horrible acting, and it steps on the things that we were there for sitting there for six hours to see. Yeah. Yep. No! You know, it's a good example. You're breaking, no! my, you're breaking my heart. He killed the younglings. Just stuff like that. Bugs the shit out of me. Then I would probably go solo. And then I would go Attack of the Clones, which is I just find the biggest mess out of all of them, and the one where I think the the effects probably hold up the worst um, in a lot of ways. You know that is the the reason that film is the reason why Samuel L. Jackson picked a purple lightsaber. I know I talked about it earlier that Mace Windu has a purple lightsaber because of his you know connection to the light and the dark, but when asked. Jackson's like, I'd like to tell you it's because my character is so powerful, but really, I knew we'd be doing a lot of like far out shots, and I wanted to be able to pick myself out from the crowd. Well, and purple's his favorite color. He he was always uh, yeah, always wore purple, and that was just his thing. Well, I'm just saying, like yeah, the, everyone's the got blue and green, and then he's like, oh, there I am, there I am. And there Ray's I got am. yellow. We didn't mention that. Ray's got yellow. Ray does have yellow. Is it yellow or is it? 
a new color, gold. It looked orange. like an orangish. Yellow gold, yeah. Plo Koon yeah. had the same color. Plo Koon had oh, the orangish. You know what color it is? It's uh, it's Bruins gold, right? Yeah, and, no. and I think I think we're I think we're going to be honest. I think we're going to be honest. Mace Windu had a had a really more of a pink lightsaber, but just <laughs> magenta. Uh, so who's 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 ready with a list? Anybody else? Bob. All right, Bob, yeah. go ahead. All right, since I had to throw this together on the fly, uh, in this order from one through nine, I have Empire at the top, followed by New Hope, uh, Rogue One, which I thought was a fantastic movie. Love it. I agree. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, then Force Awakens, Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, coming in at number seven. Uh, number eight is Solo. Screw you. Uh, that movie is awesome. And number nine, The Holiday Special. Okay, I, 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 yes, holiday special. You had second to last, like I did, so I don't. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's don't... fine. You know what? Lumpy. Everybody's everybody's list is going to be different, and I just I'm curious as to what your rankings are. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. Although, if and you're I watching them, solo, I just found it the most mediocreist of the most mediocreist thing. Oh, it has its flaws. That's oh, it does. Doubt. Uh, anytime you have a, a movie where you put someone in peril, like, oh, he's hanging on the edge of this thing, and here comes a big rock. Oh, I wonder if he's going to live through it. I don't know. He's only in nine more movies. So, you know. Um, the, like I was saying, there's there's no wrong answer. It, the only, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, there's only two ways to watch this. It's either the machete order or um, the order in which they were released. I don't believe in watching... Which a student reminded me. I apparently I invented machete order. So. Oh, nice! Machete order is great. Like I think it's absolutely perfect. Bob, this is an issue I ran into. Like, what order of the movies do I present to my children? The machete order, four order or five. Release. The machete order, order. release. See, I think order release because there's things that happen in the later films that call back things that happen in the earlier films. That I think you're going to start with. You don't want to want in the middle of this the lightsaber battle be to be between. Alec Guinness and 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 uh, Darth Vader, right? That's not that can't be where they start, uh, where they where they finish, right? It has to be where they start and yes. build the effects battles enough. I, I think you got to start at the beginning and work from there because and, and you ramp things up as you go along. See, I like the machete or the four, five, one, two. You like so you learn that Vader is Luke's father. Then you go so you go four, five, one, two, three, and you see the backstory. Then six, then seven, eight, nine. And then throw uh, uh, Rogue One. You can do Rogue and One Solo before when, seven. Just and, and, and Rogue One and Solo whenever you feel like it. Right. So four, five, one, two, three, six, seven, eight, nine. That's me. All right. So you want, you want uh, Ashes and myself having given orders, right? Are you ready, Steve? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ashes? Yes, I think so. All right. Well, you Steve- want to go first. Nope, you can. Yeah, Steve, go ahead. I'm going to go, um, as I said already, my my favorite, uh, number one, is Return of the Jedi. Um, number two, uh, going to go Empire. Uh, number three, A New Hope. I just can't. I It it doesn't feel right in my soul to, to work any of, any sequel in the top three. It's I mean, all your preference. Um, number four, I'm going... Um, Rise of Skywalker, then Last Day, then uh, Force Awakens, and the prequels I really fucking hate. So the prequels are like, I don't know, I guess it goes Sith, Phantom Menace, 
clones? Okay. Mark? They're all just like zero. So I don't know. I could do a top six, and then the other ones are all number seven, I guess. <laughs> Ashes? Okay. So I, I only did the nine films i didn't include yeah that's fine rogue one which i really enjoyed rogue i really one. i had rogue such a fun time with that i, I thought loved it was a great story way. you know it made you care about these characters even though these characters are just kind of one-off and they're only in this one film solo i liked parts of it it was all right it was a fun film for what it was i didn't feel it was necessary um but you know i just it's it's a thing that happened um so anyways my order empire new hope force awakens rise of skywalker and the only those that was hard that was hard and the only reason i put force awakens before rise of skywalker is because force awakens did a really good job of introducing these new characters and really making you care about them in that first film i thought in my opinion um, and I thought it did a really good job of establishing this new story, as well as paying homage to the old story. Uh, so Force Awakens, Rise of Skywalker, Return of the Jedi, Last Jedi, and then Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, and Phantom Menace. God damn it, I hated Phantom Menace. I mean, I think I liked it initially when it first came out because I was young and didn't know any better. What if Star Wars took place during C-SPAN? But, like, I remember going to see it with my dad. So, like, that, I think that was the only reason I liked it. It yeah. was like, I'm going to see Star Wars in the theater I with saw my the dad. Midnight. Like, that's cool, you know? So I, I um, saw the midnight release for that, and they kept, well, we were, we were in there, like, an hour early, and they kept showing the same rotation of ads. And there was one, it was, like, this, like, uh, garden supply thing where it was... Uh, it killed grubs in your yard, and there was an old man that was on the ad. Because they were all stationary ads. They weren't, like, commercials. They were just one, like, picture ads. And there was a guy who was like, Eli is like, I swear by this thing. Or, like, he loved it. And every time it would come back around, like, everyone would get, like, real excited. And then the ad would pop up, and everyone would be like, Eli! And then, like, it kept happening over and over. <laughs> Had to, and I was like, he will be our new god! And, like... Then they uh, fucked with us one time, and they went, instead of, like, because, uh, again, there was five, so instead of playing Eli, they played, like, the second one after it, and we're all like, Eli, oh! <laughs> like, everybody was so disappointed. But, yeah, well, I'm sorry. What Eli's were you, coming. What you were uh, finishing up. Oh, I was just I was just saying how like I was young and stupid and thought the Phantom Menace at one point was was decent. I liked it. I it was it, it was because again I was young and stupid and was like I'm gonna go to the theater and see this with my dad and it's gonna be great. It, for me, it's for me a lot of it is what Mike said. It's just the acting and the the dialogue. It that just hurts. Fucking like kid, like, Jake Lloyd. That sucks. fucking kid and fucking Jar Jar Binks. There's just nothing in the new three movies that can even come close. Like, at least, even if you don't like what's happening, the acting is not bad. The, the lines are not that bad. Oh, my God. The, even, like, and then the, the Vader no. You even get James Earl Jones to come back as Vader, which we were all so excited for. And it's one second, and then he does the stupid no thing, and it just becomes a cosmic joke. Well, and the well, but the, but the good thing is they were able to then put it in Jedi later, so that was nice. Oh yeah, no, uh, no, no. You do know, no. You do know um, 
That's the only good thing. My clunky. Like, I, I, <laughs> as a, look, as a bio person, I understand where he was going with the midi glorians, but just like you don't do, uh, uh, or I thought I did, but you don't do uh, a, you know, a uh, the NFL draft based on your mitochondria count and your cells. Um, probably picking the the. And I thought maybe that's where they were going, right? It was that they're using technology to find the chosen one, and that's, you know, the whole thing with Star Wars was about, um, you know, trust your feelings instead of using the targeting machine, right? Yeah. So they're using a machine to define who the chosen one is, and here are the Jedi in the middle of a city, and they're so disconnected from what they're supposed to be. I thought it was a thematic thing. No, no, Lucas really was 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 sincere in that. He didn't really. But his, uh, did you hear his uh, his pitch for the for his sequel trilogy? No. Yeah, it was with the wills. About the wills, it was oh, yeah. about yes. going into a micro into into a microbiological world. Yep, yep. Which basically sounds like it was midichlorians the trilogy. Midichlorians the trilogy. We Star Wars in the quantum realm. Darth um, Tardigrade. Inner space. I, I, I <laughs> want to read his, his outline for what he had in mind. I'm dying to know, but man, it just sounds. Oh man, it sounds awful. All right, so. I think Lucas, Lucas uh, just does not understand and never understood why people love Star Wars so much. I think he had the story in him. He got it out. Because of toys. But he doesn't know why it resonated with people. No. All right. Um, I think there's a there's a YouTube video, and uh, I think that I just watched, and it, it was good. I think it's called uh, Star Wars really is just that good or something like that. It's apparently a series of videos. It's like 90 minutes long and I ended up getting sucked into the whole thing. But he makes a really good case as to how Star Wars like was an experimental film. You just didn't realize it. You know, I mean, you're dropped into the middle of this thing with almost no background. You're dealing with two characters who are robots and one of them doesn't even speak a language you understand. You don't meet the main character for the first 20 minutes of the film. You know, that there's and when you think about it, this is something Star Wars has done. They all go at like a breakneck pace. They just drop you right in the middle of things and stuff just happens one after the other after the other. You barely have time to catch your breath. Um, I think Lucas is literally a visionary and that's um, not necessarily a good or bad thing because it depends on what your vision is. But he's a really good big picture guy. Mm-hmm. But man, when it comes to the, the nuts and bolts of the directing, the acting, the dialogue, no, just produce it. Just produce it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, think about it. Like, direct. Lawrence Kasdan yeah, wrote most the of the... micro, that's for sure. Lawrence Kasdan wrote most of the original trilogy, and the one that most people think is the best, uh, Jedi, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Empire, Empire, is directed by a different guy, Irvin Kirshner. So, you know, your point is valid. So I want to kind of go ahead and wrap this up, because we're a little over two hours at this point, but I want to ask a question I haven't asked anybody else. Uh, if you had a lightsaber, uh, is there a specific character's design that you prefer, and what color would you go with? Would you be a single single blade, double blade, or would you wield two blades? You know, with a, a shoto in the offhand, and uh, what colors would you go with? So, I am going to start with Mike. So, go. With I, I kind of like the double blade, but I've. You know, even a single blade, I think it would hurt myself. I'm just a saying, if you blade, wouldn't hurt yourself, if you th- if you were a Jedi Master, or if I could just have like a faux lightsaber and it just looked cool and didn't, yeah, 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 like, couldn't actually cut through things. Yeah, I would probably would take a double. Um, I kind of like uh, a simple. I've never been a fan of the original Anakin because that looks really 
uh, Luke Skywalker late lightsaber, Anakin Skywalker, because it looks like really awkward to hold. Yeah. I kind of like the Return of the Jedi look. Um, and I always wanted like something different, you know, but I think in like over the years, I've just kind of said, I know I like the blue. I do kind of just like the way the blue lightsaber looks. And I think that's probably where I would go. Okay. Bob? It's a classic look. Uh, I can actually show you the one I had made at Star Wars Land here in Disney. Nice. And it's a uh, it's a purple one. Um, I really, I guess it's kind of like uh, a little bit like Luke's green saber with the hilt. And then Obi Wan uh, at the bottom. The battery's dead, so I can't turn it on. This wasn't like the two hundred dollar <laughs> one, right? No, no. This is the, this thing is plastic. This is like a good like twenty twenty five dollar one. That does look like the uh, the Obi Wan the the ball at the bottom looks like Obi Wan. Yeah. Steve, how about you? Um, yeah, I mean, green all the way. Uh, Jedi's my favorite. Uh, it's also my favorite depiction of Luke when he shows up in full black and he's got a green lightsaber, which is something we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. And my favorite color is green. And, um, yeah, green saber. And I will say that in this new trilogy, we saw a green lightsaber exactly one time which was in the the flashback sequence where Luke was training Leia with his saber from Jedi. And I friggin loved it and was so happy. We saw it twice. We saw it two times. The The flashback. Yeah. Flashback in, uh, in last Jedi when he had the green saber. Oh, no, he said in this film. Oh, I thought you said in the trilogy. trilogy? I did say in the trilogy. Okay. Yeah. In the, the flashback when he goes to murder Kylo Ren, totally out of character. But yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, right. Okay, yeah. Twice then. Fine. And I'll argue that. But anyway. In that scene, it was so great. It was so nice to see, just to see that color mm-hmm. because there is so much blue. You see, like, there's there's just the blue and the red in this in this whole trilogy, pretty much. So, But green, and uh, honestly, I, you know, I love I love the Luke hilt from Jedi a lot. I love uh, Ray's hilt with her gold saber. Oh, my God. It yes. was so awesome. Another one you, you never really get to see up close is Mace Windu's saber, which has, like, gold. Yeah, it's it. nice. It's so pretty nice. cool looking, right? Like, I wish you got to see it better in the movies. But if, if I could have that hilt, but silver instead of gold. I had that so I had that saber. Yeah, I gave it to yeah. somebody for their birthday a few yeah. years ago. Well, that's because you're a saint. I mean, you're clearly. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're. That's what we're. I've heard the rumor that he had an inscription on his hilt. Yes. Yeah. It was, I believe it was an Orabesh. Nobody got that. Orabesh was, is the language that you see throughout Star Wars. It's not going to work. Don't explain it. I know what it is. Uh, Ashes, how about you? So, I do love the claw-based hilts. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do love those, and I do love the darker hilts, but I think I'd have to go with Leia's hilt. Yeah, that was because cool it kind of looks like it has jewels around it, which is, I mean, obviously, just absolutely, it's just absolutely fabulous. Um, and obviously, my blade's going to be magenta with the magenta blade, obviously. Right, yes. it's going to be bedazzled and it's going to be fabulous. So I'm going to be like, excuse me, don't make me have to bring out my lightsaber, but like, it's going to be super. It's fabulous actually going to be I hollow do. and it's going to be a flask full of wine. <laughs> No, that's the other end. One is the lightsaber. The other end's a a flask. See, I personally... You're going to be like, I have altered our bargain. Pray I don't alter it. She's pulling out her lightsaber. Go, 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 go. (laughs) um, Excuse me. I need to feel the force a little bit more. 
style. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Jar Jar in the first movie. <laughs> yes. So I am gonna I'm gonna break from uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be super nerdy about this because I have thought long and hard. Unlike uh, everything up till now. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. One of the things I like. The um, in, in Galaxy's Edge, they have the elemental nature uh, saber where you have like the rancor tooth at the end. I kind of like that aesthetic, but I also like the aesthetic where you have like a longer emitter uh, at the end. So there's like two long pieces of, of the metal and the, the blade starts at the bottom and comes up, but it's partially obscured by the by the me- by the the metal at the end so instead of just coming straight out with no uh encumbrance like say rays or you know luke's or any of the other ones that we've really seen you know there's a little bit of a not quite a cross guard but like there's a little extra material at the top i do like that like vader and... has that but it's on an angle so it, yes it covers, uh, like two or three inches up but then it kind of comes back down to the hilt on the other side right but i would have like straight up, like probably four or five inches on both sides, uh, as opposed to just like the one angle on the side, like you're like you're referring to. Um, kind of like the one that uh, uh, what's his name uses in uh, the uh, the Jedi Fallen Order, the original lightsaber that you get in that game. Kind of like that. Um, I would probably go with uh, I would dual wield. I do like the uh, idea of a Shoto, um, you know, in the offhand. So, and I would probably go with two different colors. I'd probably go with uh, orange in the one hand and uh, white on the other side because I would be. I, uh, I would have thought pink and green. I, I thought no, I'd like that. I like the cream sickle configuration. That's. Uh... See, I do, I do, and I do, and well, see, I like, uh, or have like a little bit of white in them, so you know, and and creamsicles are delicious. So, I would, I would probably go orange and white, because uh, I've, I've done this a million times in Knights of the Old Republic too. I always dual wield. Yeah. I do like the double bladed one, but I feel like you can do a lot more damage if you dual wield. Like, look at Asajj Ventress. Well, if, well, well, the thing is, if in the in the Knights of the Old Republic games, right, if you dual wield, you get twice as many crystals to put in. That's right. Which gives you twice as many power effects. Yeah. But anyway, you didn't see, you didn't say we're playing with game game world theory here. No, no, no. You I'm know, just that's, saying that's like colors. I'm not saying like I would have a crate pearl in one and a hurricane in the other or a genro in 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 what? No, I would I have. Mean, you're not not it. No, I'm not not. I'm just, I, that's why I said the type of hilt. And the color, and what you know? How would you? How would you go? Uh, but my main lightsaber would also be a dual phase saber. Uh, those were first introduced by the Sith. For those of you who are not familiar, that you know, you have your standard lightsaber, and what a dual phase is is like you hit a, a, a hidden switch, and the blade will suddenly extend and get wider, uh, surprising your opponent. So you can change the length of your blade for, while dueling. For, for, those, for those Jedi uncomfortable with how long their blade is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you need to compensate for something. Really, uh, saber like that, it sounds like you're compensating for something. You know, it's that's what I would do. And my, my Shoto would stay. Like, a Shoto, for people who are unfamiliar, it's, again, taken from Japanese culture, samurai. You'd have your normal sword, then you'd have a smaller sword in your offhand. Think, like... Uh, what is a full-size saber to Yoda 
is a partial saber. So a saber is usually about 36 inches long. This one is 24 inches long, which and some folks would use if you're bigger. Like there was a guy uh, who had four arms. I forget his name, but he I have four arms. He dual wielded <laughs> double blades, double bladed lightsabers. Actually, he quad quad wielded. He had four double bladed lightsabers because he was just huge. I would just have like like a like nunchuck lightsaber. <laughs> like there were light old. whips, and Luke yeah, defeated the lady with the light whip like little, with uh, his Shoto. Yeah, I'm surprised Ray didn't have a spear saber. Like here's I want like an axe. When like I told axe. when I told like Ashes after seeing. Uh, Force Awakens, I was like, man, the end of her staff that she has is very reminiscent of the emitter for um, Darth Maul's oh. lightsaber. Yeah, so you know what I was going, Mike. Yeah, and, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that she doesn't, but it, with the hilt didn't seem... We didn't, did we see the bottom of the hilt? No, I think she has a staff. I think she kept the staff kind of like a, uh, um, like one of the Jedi Temple Guards. Where they have like the staff and it, the the top of it extends into a lightsaber, so it's almost like a, a pike. You got like a halberd. You put put an axe on that. Yeah, you well, could. Because do she that. says at one point in the film something like that she's not comfortable or having trouble with the lightsaber, and so she's still carrying around her staff. Right. Yes. By the time Luke got to his third movie, he ditched his blaster, and he's just using the lightsaber. She's still comfortable using the staff, so it's like, dude, just double blade, just. I see. I don't How think not- she double bladed, and that was one of the other things uh, that I wasn't sure about whether her her force vision was actually a vision because of how complex that lightsaber looked. That's why another reason why I thought she might have been a clone, like there might have been an evil ray that she had to fight, because that was a really complex lightsaber yeah. that we've never seen before. And if you're just having like a vision and you're imagining like this super comp, like the hilt design was insane, like all of it was crazy. And for that and just like to the be era, yeah, the mascara wearing, was, I mean, was just awesome, on right. point. Like the smoky cat eye, like was just amazing. I, I don't know. I'm, Is that I'm a thing? sure somewhere out there, there's because uh, there were a lot of conspiracy theories out there with uh, the Star Wars hand. I'm sure out there, there's someone who said, "Well, no, man, that was originally going to be like Ray's clone, but then Gemini Man came out and it bombed, so they didn't want to have any clones in the movie, and so they just completely rewrote the script at the last minute." Somehow, I doubt that, but. I, I mean, doubt the fact that oh, Gemini oh, Man. There's, there's people who put forth. Re- oh no, really I'm just saying. I doubt the fact that Gemini Man had any impact on. Oh, I know. Star Wars. He's originally a clone of Darth Bane. Uh, and he was like, "Well, you merely adopted the dark side. I was born in it, raised so, by it." So, is anyone thought? So they just they, they've just announced. I guess the tentative box office for the weekend is 175.5 million domestically. Well, it's funny whether it's, it's the least of the series. It's like, well, no, it's almost made all of what Solo did. Um, yeah. But uh, it's the least of the three, which really shouldn't be that unusual when it's a fifth film in four years. But any thoughts on the box office? Um, no, it's going to make a billion dollars. Like, I'm not, I'm not overly worried. I think that there was such a, a backlash after the last movie that people are hesitant to see this movie because they don't want to be a don't want it to be a lot of retconning. They don't want it to be like J.J. Abrams kind of trying to rewrite the story or whatever. So I think people are hesitant. We have but a friend who's seen it four fucking times. Right? No, we 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 do know someone who has seen <laughs> yeah, it four saw, times. But he saw Force Awakens seven in the same span. 
No, he's he's gone to four different theaters in four different cities, like all over Massachusetts, to get. But I think experiences. you know, there's a lot of, and I th- also think that Rotten Tomatoes has something to do with it. The critics, uh, oh yeah, definitely yeah. said no to this film, and I uh, critics watch movies differently than the fans do, you know. So I th- I always take those those you know results with a grain of salt. Like you you can't really like base... Homer Simpson said, it's not that hard being. A film cricket yeah like you really can't base you know your want to see something on what somebody else says either you want to see it or you don't so i think that after this first weekend you know there's been a lot of positive press around it the fans have really enjoyed it um you know it's not perfect but you know i i think that the uh the box office will definitely it'll go up it'll make its money you know make its money it'll it'll you know it'll be, be in theaters for a yeah. while like it'll be fine. i mean like i personally want to see it again because i will I know that there are certain things that i didn't we'll pick take, up on we'll certain things that i i didn't see um you know so oh, they're, 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 it is stag- i mean when you think just even everything we, like we didn't even mention like the 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 party at the beginning whatever the celebration how it's 42 the, years that that yeah there there there's so much that goes on in that first half of the movie that you forget about by the time you like well half. that's why I, I i that's what i was saying like i don't want to go through it beat by beat cuz just doing what we've yeah. done it's almost two and a half hours right and like right. this 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 film is what 2 hours 40 230 Okay, two thirty. So we could like easily spend like five hours deconstructing this film and talking about it. You know, we went four and a half hours just talking about episode seven and eight. Yeah. You know? So you know, there's a there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of feelings behind it. You know, this 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 part of the trilogy, the series as a whole. Um, you know, I just and I know when I, I, know when I saw. Last Jedi, I walked out of there with a lot of questions, like, "Well, why didn't they do it? Why didn't they do that?" And then when I went and watched it again, I was like, "Oh no, they they explained all that, but they explained it so freaking fast." Yeah, it was they one line of dialogue it. that it's that, and you're just taking in like you're you're paying attention to the visuals a lot of times on the first time, right? You miss the line of dialogue that explains, you know, why Leia can fly or whatever it is. Yeah, so I think that this is a good point to stop. And I want to I wanna thank all of you folks for joining me. Thank you, Ashes. This is the first one that you've been on. And I want to thank uh, Steve and Bob and Mike. So uh, before we let you guys go, I, uh, I want to have you guys plug your different projects. So, Steve, please tell folks where they can find you and all your amazing work. Oh, sure. So um, if you're into uh, if, you, if you like reading horror books, uh, a little bit familiar and a little bit different. Um, Check out my my series. Uh, it's called Predator World. First book is The Bone Eater King. It's a vampire apocalypse novel. It's set in Africa. It's a little bit different than you've seen before. It's scary. It's uh, yeah, definitely not for fans of Twilight. These vampires do not sparkle. Um, and uh, if you're into horror comics, I also uh, this year I, I started working with Rough House Publishing. Check out roughhousepublishing.com. You can get... Um, awesome series of uh comics that are basically like creep show it's an anthology series called gore shriek resurrectus it's like creep show but kind of turned up to 11 um and uh i actually got to do my uh my first comic came out this year and it is in gore i have a story in gore shriek resurrectus volume two so if that sounds interesting please check out steve van sampson on 
Amazon for my books or for the comics, go to roughhousepublishing.com. And if you're into geeky podcasts like this one, check out my show, Retro Red Octopus. In 2020, we are joining the Dorkening Network. And uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be having fun with uh, lots of awesome shows like like uh, this one here and throw it on Thursday. And um, it's going to be fun. So very excited. Bob, That's all I got. where can folks find you? Yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I am part of a trio of guys known as the Cretans Guild. You could find our podcast, Nerd or Not. And we have recently done our year-end uh, Christmas story read that Patsy was the voice of Tiny Tim uh, and a number of other supporting characters. And Ashes was a very drunk ghost of Christmas past. You need <laughs> to listen to this. It's sassy. It is funny. It is one of the best pieces of work I have ever put together. You can find us on Twitter at Cretans Guild. That is where you'll find links to all of our stuff, all of the podcast players that is uh, available and linked to us. Again, that is Cretans Guild. Guys, I hope you check it out. It is awesome. And you have a YouTube channel as well? I do have a YouTube channel. Uh, links to that are also on the Twitter page. There's a link tree there. They'll take you to like our Instagram and everything else that we do. Deep into the dark web. Uh, speaking of the dark web, Mike, where can folks find you? Uh, well, they can find me teaching biology and chemistry for the next five and a half years uh, in uh, upstate New York. Sounds like a Prince sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, in terms of the nerdy stuff, uh, I am part of the Dark Discussions podcast. Uh, we have a number of spinoff podcasts that I also contribute to. Uh, we are completed, obviously, with the uh, You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, Game of Thrones Mike, uh, podcast. We uh, are also have done a monthly spinoff podcast for non-horror films called Cinema a la Carte. Uh, and those episodes should be dropping eventually. Uh, I don't do the technical work. I don't know what's holding them up, but they'll be coming. We're, we're promised every week they're coming. Um, and we also have a Westworld podcast. We'll probably start up again when season three airs in 2020 called um, uh, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots. Uh, and there was also an American Gods podcast that, depending on how much of a clusterfuck the third season is, we may never touch again. <laughs> And, uh, but that's Dark Discussions, and you can go to darkdiscussions.com. You can find the podcast uh, wherever your podcasts are sold. Then there's the Dark Discussions Facebook group, so you can always go there. And this Very is cool. the uh, this is the third week that we've had someone from the Dark Discussions Network on the show. Let me apologize for Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Phil was on our, uh, our episode 7 and 8 discussion. And then uh, last week we had Anthony T. of Anthony T.'s Horror Show. And uh, this week we've got you. So, you know, getting some good now you representation. Need Eric, Amy, and Chrissy, and then you got the whole set. Yeah, we're oh, all... wait, no, now we got Amy on there too because she's got uh, Fishnets and Phantoms. I think is, is her her brand new podcast. So we're we're getting there, but we've got some nice representation of uh, of uh, different different podcasting communities on here. So that's that's kind of the goal. Ashes, where can folks find you? My house. That's that's true. That is one of the places. Um, no, I'm so you can at your house right now, Ashes. <laughs> oh, if there's a feed, <laughs> bring wine. Yes, bring wine. You're always welcome, but you have to bring wine. Um, you have to you have to appease the wine gods in my house, which is me. <laughs> um, but no, you can find me on my main podcast, which is Throwdown. Thursday, you can go to ThrowdownThursdayPodcast.com and find all the fun stuff. We do review... The award-winning Throwdown Thursday Yes, the award-winning Throwdown Thursday podcast. I uh, need to toot my own horn a little more often. Um, 
But yeah, go to throwdownthursdaypodcast.com. You can find Throwdown Thursday, uh, current episodes and some fun reviews. You can see where we're going to be. And uh, we do a lot of fun stuff. I think our most recent episode is on... Oh yeah, because this is coming out in a couple of days. Um, So our most recent episode is on Gizmo the Mongrel from the 1984 film... Not Frogway, Mogway. Gremlins. And our next episode is on Billy Chapman from night actually again i think 1984's silent night deadly night yes and that's what we're going to be recording tomorrow well not when you're listening to this but when we're recording this and i have something coming up in the new year it's a special project that i'm working on it'll also be a production of throw down thursday uh but it'll be kind of like a companion piece like Shark Bites is, but it's going to be my own entity. So I'm really excited about that. I don't know exactly when that's going to start, but it'll definitely be either late winter, early spring of 2020. It's called Ash Wednesday. Oh, badass. Stay tuned. And uh, all right. So we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and... uh... When I come back. Oh, I'm... where can people find you, Patrick? Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> it's your Here. show. Wait, I, I, I want to ask, because we, we first hooked up, right, at Scarecon, New England. Correct. Correct. Well, you guys hooked up. Yeah. yeah. It was magical. How do you think what we happened? won our award? What, what, what happens at Scarecon, New England, gets broadcast across the internet for everyone to it hear about. Yes. Yeah, it, uh, it does not so stay at Scarecon. Are, are, you, are, you guys, are you guys going back this year? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, so I, I'm... I'm Fully planning on going, and hopefully I won't be doing a prom this year, so I can be there all the whole three days. So, uh, yeah, so if anybody's awesome. in the area, come to yeah, Scarecon, I'll, New I'll, England, meet us in I'll, person. I'll see you there, Mike. Yeah, awesome. Steve, Steve should yeah, be there. Right. Hopefully uh, Steve's podcast gets nominated for some awards this year. Yeah, we'll see. So we'll see. So, yeah, we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll let these fine gentlemen and lady go. And uh, I'm the lady. When we come back, uh, I'll give you uh, – I'll wrap up the show. <laughs> What was that? I said, you don't know how I identify. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll be right back after this. Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews audio podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. And I'm back. I really hope you enjoyed that uh, discussion of uh, what we thought of Rise of Skywalker. Uh, You may have uh, similar feelings. You might completely disagree with us, and that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know, just just because you know you like a film or you don't like a film doesn't mean you should uh, shy away from sharing your opinions. As long as you know, as as per usual, you are respectful of others and. You know, you're not just being a jerk about it. As you saw, we had varying opinions, vastly uh, uh, varying opinions on the show to th- this evening. And uh, we were all able to conduct ourselves uh, professionally and and uh, cordially uh, with no with no uh, real animosity. So, you know, obviously we get fired up about our favorite stuff, but it's not at the detriment of someone else's opinion or thoughts. So, you know... Uh, you know, hopefully, if you're listening to this, that's you know how you approach things 
all the time. I guess the real thing to take away from this is, you know, we keep getting more Star Wars content. And if you're a huge fan, then, you know, this is awesome, especially where, you know, now they've wrapped up the Skywalker saga and now they're going to move on to other things. You know, we've got an Obi-Wan show coming out and I believe Deborah Chow is... um, is the one helming that, and she's directed a couple of really good episodes of The Mandalorian. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see where where Star Wars goes from here, and uh, hopefully Colin Trevorrow, Trevorrow, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his name, gets his Star Wars movie. Um, I don't think that uh, I'm going to be too keen on a Ryan Johnson thing if he's taking any existing characters um, but that's me. Hopefully we'll see some good stuff. I know Kevin Feige, I believe, is taking over some of the Star Wars stuff. And um, if you're curious about what's going to go on or you have any thoughts about what you think will happen in the future uh, for Star Wars, well, you're in luck because that's next week's show. Next week, I'm going to be joined by uh, Zenger from the Zeng This podcast. I'm going to be joined by Leo of The Dorkening, and I'm going to be joined by Powerful Brandon of uh, Powers Combined. And we're going to be discussing uh, our thoughts on what we think will uh, be coming down the pipeline for Star Wars, uh, not just the films, but also uh, the TV shows, The Mandalorian, uh, any spinoffs that we think might happen, you know, obviously uh, print media, you know, comics and, and, and novels. So uh, I think that's going to be an interesting, uh, an interesting conversation. If you have any thoughts you want to share with us, uh, sharkbitespod at gmail.com is a, a, great, a great way to get in touch with me. And uh, I think with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close with, of course, my, my uh, uh, shark, shark fact of the week. And according to Time Magazine, according to Time Magazine, sorry, the annual number of worldwide shark bites is 10 times fewer than the number of people bitten by other people in New York alone. So just think about that. Think about that. Next time you're worried about being bitten by a shark... Worried that you're going to be bitten by a New Yorker instead. And with that being said, just remember that I am the podcaster, but as the listener, you are my chum. Have a great week, folks.